This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Skyscraper. I wonder what floor we're going to be on. I think we got hotel reservations. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello, how are you? Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss movies weekly, covers the various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other film movie topics. This is episode 331331. I like that number, too. That sounds like the precinct that Robocop remake would be in. <laughs> right? <laughs> precinct 331? Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. The 3-3 three three does roll off the tongue pretty well. It's, it's, there you go. I just have to say a jumble of words every week that somehow is becoming more and more difficult despite having done the show more and more. So yeah. saying 3-3 three three for an episode, that's fun. That's that's good. That's good stuff. Uh, it only comes every, you know, never it again. This is, yeah, it's this never going to come again unless we get to, like, episode 3,333. Or 1,333. Which is more fle- feasible, I'd, I'd imagine. <laughs> Regardless, this week on episode 331, we're talking Skyscraper, the latest film starring Dwayne Johnson. He battles a skyscraper in this one. Joining us today to discuss skyscraper, we have from Rath's reviews. He just performed a barehanded climb up the crane to get comfortable for this podcast. It's Jordan Rath. Oh, I'm so tired from that climb. Hello. <laughs> also joining us from the young folks, he just figured out how to pump the brakes on the elevator. It's Jose Cordova. Hi. True fact. In real life, I'm very terrified of heights, so this was a fun movie to watch. <laughs> great. <laughs> Perfect. Well, it's the great news is Aaron said that you're going down while Jordan was going up, so you know it works out. I like that is typically where I'm going. I like yes, I like that kind of symmetry. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jose, good to have you back. It is, of course, a Dwayne Johnson movie, which means you're contractually obligated to be on this podcast. <laughs> I didn't know. Yes, we had. Yeah, it's by penalty. Yeah, we had scheduling conflicts, but, you know, it's good to be it's here. It's by penalty of fine if he's not on the podcast. That's that's the issue also. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Duly noted. Yeah, he paid us a lot of money for um, for Rampage. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> I'm surprised he's not on more than <laughs> Thousands of pennies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Jordan, good to have you back as well. It's good to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Excited to be here. For sure. Yeah, we're gonna talk a little, talk a little rock in a hard place. So let's uh, let's see where this goes. Uh, let's get to some show notes real quick. Uh, first up, uh, new commentary track, guys. It's a new month. It's July. It's not that new anymore. We're about midway through it. But <laughs> just wait. We have a new commentary tracking every every month. We do a commentary track on this podcast, and this month, in honor of Mission Impossible, Col- sorry, Mission Colon Impossible Dash Fallout. I, I got it, Abe. Stop furring your brows i i know yeah i was like i was giving you the stare there yeah. i was like I, I wonder if he's gonna do the dash I got, yeah well, that's the <laughs> if i were if i learned one thing from incredibles and incredibles 2 it's always look out for the dash um yeah we're we're going to do a commentary track for the first mission colon impossible mission colon impossible there is no subtitle because there why would there be it's the first one um or unless it was mission colon impossible colon the movie which would be very entertaining to me. Uh, regardless, that is the comment. All that preamble <laughs> leads up to this. We are going to be doing a commentary track for Mission Impossible this week. Um, that should be a lot of fun to do. I know the guests that I have planned are certainly fans of the first film, let alone this franchise in general. And what better way to stoke excitement for you know the upcoming Mission: Colon Impossible Dash Fallout? Right, right, Abe. That was that was well done. Kudos. It, it was all part of an arc. <laughs> that's that's what that was. <laughs> I just like the way that you were using all these grammatical, like you were saying all these grammatical uh, uh, pauses and, and 
all these grammatical devices. Like that's well done. Well, well if done. we were doing a video podcast, I can tell you right now, I'd be doing lots of takes to the camera as well. So you know, just just be happy that this is how it is. Uh, but yeah, Mission Impossible. That is our upcoming <laughs> commentary track. That should be a lot of fun. That'll be out probably either by the end of this week, assuming that scheduling works out well. If it doesn't, it'll be next week, and it'll still be great. So don't worry about it. Uh, what else? Uh, that commentary track will be on iTunes. And speaking of which, iTunes reviews ratings, good to get those. Helps out our show, helps other people find the show. If you want to log on to iTunes, you can search for Out Now Theron and Abe. You can search for, uh, well, once you search for our podcast, you can find it. You can give us a star rating, which would be awesome. Uh, you can also give us a written review. That'd be great, too. Yeah, please, please, please give us a review or give us some feedback. Uh, we would love to know how we can improve. Would be neat to we could get this like bullet point list from some reviewer. Uh, I wonder. Uh, yeah, there, there's got to be a character count, but I would love to read all of it. Two things. Even when it stops like mid mid sentence, like it just stops of like he's trying to write the word the and just like T, and then it just stops. I'm, I'm searching for our podcast right now just to see if we had any new reviews because I haven't checked in a little bit. And I don't think we have. I, ha- I, I, I'm, I'm trying to look and see, but as I did, Alan Alda apparently has his own podcast, and now I'm like, I need, I immediately need to download this Alan Alda podcast for one thing because that just sounds fascinating to me. Now, is it an Alden, uh, Alan Alda podcast about what? Baking? I don't. Let me let's take let's take a pause here so we can talk about Alan Alda's podcast. It's that. it's called Alan Alda Clear Plus Vivid. Or clear and vivid, and it and it's just a picture okay. of him. It just says learn how to connect with others, and it has a picture of Alan Alda. I'm like, all right. I'm a fan. Yeah, he was he was a good guest star on uh, The West Wing back in the day. <laughs> that's, that's those are the things. Those are the things to point out, I guess. <laughs> if it bends, it's funny. If it breaks, it's not funny. That's crimes and misdemeanors. I, Alan Alda's great. Um, let's. What else? Uh, summer movie. Yeah. Summer movie gamble. Uh, we are currently in the throes of summer, which means that we are in the throes of our summer movie gamble, where Abe and I, along with many other guests on this show, including Jose, have all picked what we think are going to be the top highest grossing films of the summer. And, of course, we had two new releases this week that are major contenders upon this list. One is Hotel Transylvania 3, colon, Summer Vacation, which debuted a $44 million, which is quite big and good enough for me, because I'm very much hoping big on that one to round out my list. And uh, the third place... Below Ant-Man and the Wasp was Skyscraper with $25 million, which is a little under expectations, I think, for some. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> a little rock fatigue, maybe. Who, who knows? Or just, yeah. the, or just the concept wasn't, wasn't an intriguing enough sell. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to I it. I mean, Big met Bigger last time out, so this time. What? <laughs> I'm not. Big men bigger. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna repeat it because it might be a part of something later. So don't worry about it. Right now. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand. I don't follow. Yeah. And usually I do. Oh, you will. You will later. Um, all right. Okay. Let's move on. Let's that was show notes. Let's get on to uh, know everybody. Each week we ask each other a question or two, try to set the tone for the podcast. Better get to know everybody. Oh. Wasn't bad. That's good. I'm happy with it. <laughs> I was deciding if I was happy with it. I'm happy with it. <laughs> hey, why do you start this one off? I have a question for you guys. Nev Campbell, author from Scream or naval physician from Skyscraper? More, be- more, I guess, believable slash more uh, realistic. So you're asking which role is more realistic? Posts, I guess, yeah. Uh, exactly. Which role would you think is more more realistic if she was just, like, not an actress? So just, okay, so to be clear... <laughs> Wait, what do you what do you mean not an actress? Like if she was in these role, if like these things actually happened yeah, to her, if she's or... actually like a, an author, just like writing these like crime novels slash like horror movie novels, or if she's a naval physician. I I think either one is believable in that scenario. Okay, one more than the other per se. Well, at first I thought you were asking <laughs> which 
which series, which like film plotline is more is like more believable? The one where she runs away from a human person or deals with a towering inferno that does not exist while the rock her husband beats up back <laughs> I'm done with this question. What do you guys got? <laughs> I've answered. I've given an answer. <laughs> I say naval Oh god. Yeah. Well I was just gonna say I say naval what was it? Naval doctor? Naval yeah, surgeon? He's like a naval I think it was spe- it might have been specifically a surgeon. Yeah yeah. Um, she was standing over him on the like operating the... table, so it seemed like a surgeon. Yeah, I like the alliteration of Nev the Naval Physician, okay. so I'm going to go with that. I'm also <laughs> going to go with Naval Surgeon. Okay. She's not in the Navy. She just performs surgeries only on people's navels. Wow, that's a very specific <laughs> part of the body. Like, I don't know how many naval surgeries there are in the U.S. a year. If you can but... say I'm a naval surgeon, people will assume one thing and it's not correct. <laughs> that is a great point. I like where your head's at. You're going to do great in games. Yeah, I think outside the box, man. <laughs> I got a question. Yeah. Do you guys climb? I've tried it, and it's actually a lot harder than I thought, but uh, <laughs> not regularly, no. I have tried um, bouldering inside a gym. Not, like, actually outside. But, <laughs> um, and that was pretty fun. I don't like the one with the uh, all the contraptions you have to, like, strap yourself into. They're just not a like very husky-friendly. Repelling? But, uh... <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. The, the, bouldering, the bouldering was fun. And I feel like it's a little more... Adaptable for all uh, people. (laughs) (laughs) Do they note it? I can. Haven't in a long time. For a while, I worked at a sports camp where we actually had to be the ones belaying the kids up the wall. So we were in charge of lowering or helping them up the wall. Mm -hmm. Oh, very cool. I I like to climb. It's been a minute since I've uh, had more extensive (laughs) climbing. But uh, yeah, no, I, I like to boulder. I like to climb. I like to move around. When I play disc golf, if a disc ever caught, gets caught in a tree, I'm first one up in that tree. I'll tell you that right now. You love, you love the tree climbing. Love the tree right? climbing, yeah. Climb all day on a tree. It's, Scrapes on the knees. Seems like a necessary skill for for you and your yeah. disc golfing. It's good. I mean, my discs don't get stuck in trees too often because I'm a better disc. I was gonna say, like, how good are you? Because I feel like you should be pretty good at disc golf. You go almost every weekend. Yeah, there's there's some courses that are a little more. There are more trees and at a lower altitude than you know others. Then that makes it a little. Or altitude. Little trier, okay. right? Little trying. So, regardless. Really noted. Yeah. All right, all right. Let's get to our poll question. Okay. Where each week on the podcast, we put up a poll, putting two movies against each other, where you have to vote to save one of them, and the other one gets discarded from history forever. I think that's a nice, succinct way to say it. So dramatic. One. I think that's a good yeah. way to say. It. Every time, every time you said that, I hear like uh, um, the score from uh, Alan Silvestri. You know, Back to the Future, like the the glistening thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, it's gets just uh, gets gets erased from history forever. Like, like now I gotta go like find that clip. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's also give me work to do. <laughs> All right, uh, this week was a Die Hard knockoff edition where I put two movies that kind of ape the formula of Die Hard against each other. Uh, before we see how the audience votes, uh, let, let's talk to you guys, Jose. Uh, between the movies Cliffhanger and Air Force One. Which one do you save, and which one gets erased from existence? Oh, I have not seen both of those in years, but I want to say Cliffhanger. Saving Cliffhanger, okay. Yeah, yeah. My affinity towards sometimes climbing things indoors is stronger than my affinity towards planes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a fair way to look at it. (laughs) Uh, Jordan, how about you? I would 
probably save Air Force One. I haven't seen Cliffhanger in a really long, I mean, both of them in a really long time, but I remember distinctly liking Air Force One. But I have to say, this whole premise makes me awfully salty, because you guys voted Inception out of existence all along. (laughs) (laughs) Now... Still hurt. It's not to even think about a world of that. To be fair, I didn't vote Inception. I don't even know a movie you're talking about. But if the exactly, I was gonna say I don't know a movie. You're talking <laughs> yeah, because about. based off our continuity, I have no idea what you're refer- referencing. <laughs> but if there was a movie called Inception, which I assume was directed by someone notable, um, I'd, I'd certainly be sad about this as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like how you kept in the game. Stick to the plan. <laughs> Abe, where'd you vote in this? I uh, voted to keep Air Force One and get rid of Cliffhanger, probably because uh, I, I need to see Gary Oldman um, be more villains in his future roles. I mean, I feel like I've already got, like, the professional in the fifth element, so he's probably he's played, like, the quintessential villains to me. I need him to say, Drexel. you stood on my shoulders against Harrison Ford in that movie with... Uh, with the other Hemsworth brother. I think having Cliffhanger around makes the reunion the reunion between Sly and Michael Rooker all the more sweet in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I think that's a big part of this right here. I didn't put that together until now. And we wouldn't we wouldn't get that hilarious opening to Ace Ventura when Nature calls if Cliffhanger did not exist. <laughs> Uh, a reference that not a lot of people will get anymore. It's a reference that I didn't get. I think I said this before that I didn't get what I saw in Nature Calls because I hadn't seen Cliffhanger before, and I just thought that's a really awkward and sad scene about a raccoon. And then I saw Cliffhanger, yeah. it's like, oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense now. Hurting <laughs> that scene there. Okay, so I haven't seen the results because I haven't voted in this, and I already have a feeling I know one's probably got slaughtered by the other. But I'm still gonna vote Cliffhanger. Okay. You know what? I'm not too far off. Forty percent cliffhanger, sixty percent Air Force One. So Air Force One does win, but not by not by a huge amount. It's a fair, pretty fair. Well, I don't know. You put you up know, a good fight. Loser is a loser. <laughs> you're right. If you're not first, you're last, Abe. Right? Is that how it is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Croatia. I was rooting for you. Shake and bake. <laughs> so adding cliffhanger to this list of just words I've never heard before in my life. What is ants? I don't even know. I've never heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> never heard of that movie. It seems like a, a movie that would be fun and not uh, full of... Wait, Sylvester Stallone's also an Ants, Yes, it? if there was some movie called Ants, it seems like something Stallone will be a part of. <laughs> this is getting really difficult. <laughs> We're erasing a lot of key roles from Sly... From, from, the, from, uh, from Sly Stallone here. The collection's gotten a lot lighter. Yeah. So. All right. All right. Well, that's, that's, that's how you do the poll. And that's how you play Nobody. That was good. That was better. Use take two. All right, let's get down to cookies. cookies. Trademark. I went fast that week. I went for it. I went hard on it. Zero to hundred. Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? I did not get a chance to watch anything else this week, even though you and I discussed that Lean on Pete is on Amazon Prime streaming. Well, I guess we'll just save that for when I talk about movies then, because some of us <laughs> deliver on the things we talk about. Jose, how about you? Have you seen any of the movies this week? Yeah, I actually I saw Hereditary during the week, oh. um, which was uh, really really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, just a very striking movie and uh, very tense. I was lucky to have a good crowd. Oh, good. Um, That's always good. I also went at like eight forty in the morning. Perfect time. <laughs> which was <an> odd time. <laughs> that makes sense. And you, and you had a good crowd, <laughs> so it all worked out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Um, and then uh, I just went to go see uh, Sorry to Bother You uh, last night, which was uh, both of those movies are insane in like the best ways, I think. Yeah. 
and just very striking overall. And I recommend them to to everyone, even if you. I think there's a strong potential that like. So I, I went to go see. Sorry to bother you with like four of my friends yesterday, and I was like the only person who enjoyed the movie. And I think that's a distinct possibility if you go with a group of people. Uh, but I think uh, anyone who watches it at least will appreciate the uh, the swing that that uh, is it Boots Riley. Boots Riley, yes. Boots Riley, yeah. yeah I, I think anyone will appreciate the swing. Like he's he's swinging for the fences with that one, and I, I'm really excited to see what he does next. Right. Yeah. First, his first full length feature, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then, you know, growing up near Oakland, that's just really fun, too. Exactly. Seeing a lot of the local photography um, being like, oh, I, I recognize that. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Um, Jordan, what have you seen recently? Yeah, I also uh, saw Sorry to Bother You. I I really appreciate its originality. I don't think uh, I liked it as much as other people did, but I still, I mean, I still really liked it. Uh, I think I maybe went in thinking it was going to be like one of my top five of the year automatically, but it is worth seeing just, I think to support kind of the originality that it brings. Very cool. cool. Yeah. I, I uh, love it just for the fact that I have grown up talking to my friends and talking about using your white voice and just the, the <laughs> concept of that growing so big is, uh, is amazing to me. <laughs> the fact that they got David Cage to do his white voice too is just, I kept thinking of Tobias Bluth, and I was just laughing so hard in like really random scenes. David Cross Gosh, and uh, and Pat or David yeah, Cross yeah. and Pat Oswald and Steve Buscemi for briefly for yeah. for um, for um, Danny Glover, which is like that's oh, that's a lot of very white people that they got to do those voices. That makes so much sense. They did a good job. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I've seen a few things that I'm going to make note of. First is Lean on Pete, which is on a Prime now. It's really, really good. It's also okay. quite sad um, in a way that uh, <laughs> that made me sad. But I, I still think it's a very good recommendation for sure. Um, uh, Lean on Pete this is the film that stars uh, Charlie Plummer, um, along with Steve Buscemi, actually, um, among others. Um, he plays a kid who... Um, basically inherits a horse eventually he starts doing some work for Steve Buscemi he learns a few things about horses and then he becomes he and the horse for various reasons are on their own uh, traveling across a part of the country and it's just it's a really really good movie I was a big fan of it I think it does what it's trying to accomplish really well Um, there's a lot of great performances in there it's very there's a lot of natural acting going on which I appreciated as well it's just a really good movie Um, and it's on prime so it's just that easy to watch yeah. Um, I've also saw Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but it's now out. Did. Um, this is the new Gus Van Sant film starring Joaquin Phoenix. I won't re- repeat too much about it except to say that it's Gus Van Sant's best movie in like 10 years. Um, and Joaquin Phoenix, who's just always great these days, is very good in it, so that shouldn't be surprising. But yeah, that's out in really limited release now, so I just wanted to put another recommendation out there for that. Um, Eighth Grade, this is the Bo Burnham film, um, his debut feature. Stars of Elsie Fisher as an eighth grader. Surprise! It, it's very, it's also really good. I saw a lot of good things, guys. <laughs> what am I going to say? Um, it's it's a really good movie about the awkwardness of being a young teenager, being at a point between middle school, getting to be a point between middle school and high school, where a lot of things about uh, your social progression in life, as well as just who you are in general, is you're just kind of working all that out. What works really well as a coming-of-age story is that it avoids certain tropes of coming-of-age movies, which I enjoyed. Um, there's a performance by... Uh, God, I don't have his name on hand. But the actor that plays her father 
he's pretty perfect in this movie as far as being a dad that doesn't know how to communicate with his daughter who's constantly on her phone and on social media and trying not to be embarrassed in life there's a lot of good material there the movie's really funny it has a lot of cringe inducing kind of humor as well um <laughs> but it's uh, certainly certainly worth watching uh, and i look forward to whatever else bro burnham comes up with because he certainly impressed me with this uh, first film of his um cool. so there's that and the last thing i want to mention i watched both bill and ted's excellent adventure and bill and ted's bogus journey this week when was the last time you guys saw these movies? Uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, I saw it maybe like three months ago. Yeah? Very good. You didn't bring it up on the show. <laughs> I mean, I, I, tend to, I tend to talk about I, I guess I, I'll start bringing up things that I've watched that are old as well. It does help since you have nothing to say sometimes. So that's a good idea. <laughs> I, I'm holding on to my cards. I'm holding on to my cards. I wanted to bring them up because I watched. I hadn't watched them in a while, but I got the Shout Factory, like... A double disc edition that has both movies first off they look really good on blu-ray like they've done a good job cleaning these up but um those are just smart movies like i've always regarded them as smarter than people seem to give them credit for but watching them again after not seeing them in a while they're quite good there's a lot i mean as far as how like a low tech and low budget they are versus what they managed to accomplish with with george carlin and keanu reeves and alex winter like it's good stuff right. and the like what i find funny about it is that um Toward the end there, when he's when he's uh, they're doing more like time travel, interdimensional type stuff. I'm like, this actually kind of makes sense. The parts where he's talking about like, oh, well, I gotta find the keys, right? Well, I gotta leave myself a note for the keys, and like he listens to his note and he finds the keys. Like, this is the stuff that Primer was based off. Of. I mean, I get it makes a level of sense as far as they're talking it out, so it's a good gag for sure. It, but it is right. it is clever. I agree. And I'll say this about Bogus Journey because I used to I used to think Bogus Journey was better. I guess Excellent Adventure is a better movie, but I think Bogus Journey has very inventive stuff in it. Uh, like there's a mainly because the end of Bogus Journey I forgot is not very good, but the, the the stuff involving them like going into like hell eventually and like things before that there's a lot of really clever ideas as far as what they're trying to do that makes it different from the first one while also still fun and kind of dark. But uh, it's yeah no I was just I was very very satisfied with my rewatching of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey so glad to hear yeah. it. So that's what I got I've actually never seen either one what Jose? really yes that is one of my big uh, blind spots or or you know I think uh, I think so, Excellent yeah. Adventure is on Amazon Prime I think they both are but, if I'm not oh. mistaken okay both of them and that's we'll have to and that leads right into our newest segment Jose's homework and this week you're being assigned Bill and Ted's Excellent <laughs> Adventure and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> We'll pour back the next uh, the next time the rock movie uh, a rock movie premieres. Yeah, see. All right, what is that fast spinoff? I mean, he's got to have like eight other things in production. I'm sure. Hey. That probably um, is the next oh, rock I, movie. If I had to guess, actually. Right. Yeah, I did watch one more thing. No. I watched um, Set It Up on Netflix. I've heard good things about <laughs> That's that. That's the rom com with uh, what's his name, Glenn. Uh... Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson yeah, has Pete a small Davidson. role in it. Yes. <laughs> what's his name? What's his name? Who has like six minutes of screen time? We can call that his movie, sure. Um, but I thought it was actually, yeah, it's a decent watch. It is a perfect movie to like fold your laundry to. <laughs> you know, what else is a good movie to fold your laundry to? The Conjuring. That's uh, because she's doing laundry this morning. It's good. Yeah, I think it has some fun with some of the rom-com tropes, um, and I think everyone, for the most part, is pretty charming and. Uh, 
Tay Diggs playing basically against type and uh Tay Diggs is in this movie? Tay Diggs and Lucy Liu are in this movie. I've gotta Lucy, go see this movie right Both basically away. playing against type. It was just kind of fun. It's kind of fun to see them be jerks because I don't think I've ever okay, seen that. I was gonna say, what is Tay Diggs against type? I was trying to like figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> so him being a jerk, that's him against type. Would you say that Lucy Liu is a yeah. jerk in X versus Sever? I don't think anyone ever talks about X versus Sever unless it's in a <laughs> trivia challenge, so I'm pretty sure it's not a, it doesn't really matter. That's why I brought up it's trivia. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But, uh, but it's a good movie to full laundry to, duly noted. Yes. <laughs> okay. That is my my recommendation. All right. Maybe that's that'd be part of our because we're revamping our our uh, our categories of where we rate movies, so maybe we'll have that. Oh, yeah, full, yeah, full laundry folding. That's what that's that's laundry that's part of the new rating system. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, that was out of quickies. Yep. Let's uh, add a quickies. Yeah. Okay. Every now and then, I gotta, I gotta test you. I gotta... Oh, I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> yep. Oh, see, see, preemptively did yeah, it. See, God, that's. It's not always that easy, Abe. I mean, let me tell you. No. No. <laughs> All right. Let's. <laughs> Jesus. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's get to. Uh, let's get to our uh, trailer talk. We talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week. What is coming out? What we thought of it? What have you? And this week we have the trailer for Goosebumps Two: Colon Haunted Halloween. This is the sequel to Goosebumps, uh, the 2015 kids horror movie. That'd be fair to say. I'd say it's like a family family romp. family horror romp. Yeah. The old. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know if I'd call it horror. An FHR, a family horror romp. <laughs> I call it. I call it a horror. Just because it's for kids, it's, I mean, it's adjusted for ages. Good point. All right. It's fair. <laughs> like, fair. regardless, this is Goosebumps 2, the new trailer we were talking about it. Um, Abe and I, I believe we were big fans of Goosebumps. I think we had a surprisingly good amount of time I was that surprised movie. by yeah. it. Yeah. Um, this film does not feature Jack Black back as R.L. Stein, but the he is the voice of Slappy the Dummy, which does return. Um, okay. And the film also stars, what's his name, Jeremy Ray Taylor, who was... Um, Ben? It, is it Ben in it? The bigger the bigger kid? I think so. I think his name was Ben. It's ben. Yes, Ben. And uh Madison Eisman, who was Jack who was the she's the teenager that that was Jack Black in Jumanji. Oh really? So you see what okay, I'm saying? So it's all coming full circle. So it's like here. she's she, she yeah. yeah, so she's she, now she's in this movie. Bethany. Which, which yes, yeah. which co stars Jack Black. Uh, among others, I believe Ken Jeong's in here. Chris Parnell has this part as well. Uh, regardless, let's get to you guys. Uh, sorry, Jordan. Jordan, uh, were you a fan of uh, Goosebumps? Did you like this trailer? What, what, what's going on? Uh, I never saw the first Goosebumps. All right. But I usually take anything that Jack Black is in because I've heard that he's like really picky about what he chooses to be in. Uh, so didn't see it. Kind of assumed maybe it was one I missed out that I should have seen. I was never really into Goosebumps as a little kid except for like this terrifying video game that I used to try to slog through when I was like oh, six years old. Be like an SNES game? It was, or... it was terrifying to like a six-year-old, but okay. in retrospect, it probably wasn't all that bad. I gotta be honest, like I thought this was one of the worst trailers I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I just I have oh, to flat out Oh, we'll say get it. there. Um, the fact that Jack Black isn't back, that's hard to say, is kind of a bummer, and I think it, reads to the quality that you see in the trailer but the trailer was just i felt like it was the entire movie uh i felt like there would be no surprises it felt like it was from the 90s and then there was something about the editing that it just felt really poorly edited i think even in like one of the youtube comments when i looked and searched it i scrolled down 
and someone was like, was this edited by a seven-year-old? <laughs> it was like one of the most upvoted comments. I don't know. It was just Wait a really... Minute. Did you write that comment, Jordan? I, I did not. I did okay. not. Jordan's not that clever. Uh, <laughs> he's, only, he's only written two books. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> comments too much for me. Uh, no, I thought it was a really bad trailer. Like, it was bad enough to where I vehemently decided not to see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. Jose, how about you? I also did not see the first movie, um, but I was really into Goosebumps when I was a kid. I think I it hit me at the perfect time. Um, and actually, I had a VHS tape of uh, one of the a couple of the episodes from the TV show, mm-hmm. uh-huh. uh, which included what I think was the best and scariest one, which is the one with the mask. Yes, it gets stuck to. Yes, yes. that is. Yeah. So that used to be my. That's what I watched on Halloween when I was a kid. Was that episode because it was freaking terrifying. Um, but I missed the movie, which I always meant to watch because Jack Black and all that, and I just completely missed it. And uh, yeah, I was just gonna say I'd give this trailer zero stars for the amount of Jack Black that's in it. I didn't realize he was also the voice of the dummy, so I guess maybe there's some Jack yeah, Black. There's in there. some Jack Black. In there, um, yeah. But I was basically spent the entire trailer going, "Ooh, what's Jack Black gonna do this time?" And then the trailer ended, and I was like, "I guess nothing." So <laughs> I wasn't very excited. Um, but yeah, I kind of agree. It's kind of a bad trailer. It reminds me, actually, I was thinking about the 90s. It reminds me of an old trailer, like from the 90s. I feel like you're just missing the voiceover guy to be like, two kids try to have a Halloween adventure and get more than they bargained for. And then you cut to all the. Like, <laughs> this the is like the second week in a row that we've mentioned the, the uh, Hollywood movie trailer voice guy because Aaron did it last Don week. Don LaFontaine. Yes, yeah, thank you. <laughs> two kids. I miss that guy sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I think he's uh, he's got such a great voice that everyone can uh, do some version of it. So that's uh, that's when you know you've made it to the top. Lake Bell has his yeah, job now, so you know. That's right. Yeah, in uh, in a world. In movie. Yeah, in a world. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah. She. What, I think she co- wrote, she co-wrote that movie. She directed that movie. Directed. Okay. And wrote the. Yeah, she wrote and directed. The movie. Yep. Yeah, I was gonna say the trailer just makes me want to watch the first one. I believe the first one is on Netflix, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So it is available. I've, I've added like three things to like various cues in the. Well, <laughs> that that, that brings yeah. us to a secret segment inside of the trailer talk, which is Jose's homework too, uh, where yes, we are recommending that uh, you watch uh, Goosebumps before your next appearance on this podcast. <laughs> I, I will report back. Two hundred and fifty words, right. right? Is that that's what I? <laughs> that's not enough, Jose. That, that ends uh, Jose's homework two segment. Abe, what's your thoughts on this trailer? <laughs> Um, like what you mentioned before, I was uh, surprisingly, I guess, pleased by Goosebumps, the first one, because I was kind of curious how they were going to do this whole entire world of these disparate books that come together as one, and, and they, they did a pretty neat thing. But um, with this trailer, I wasn't a fan of the trailer. I, I, I think I'm on everybody's same page here of just kind of like, I, while Jordan was saying that this kind of reveals everything, I kind of felt like it didn't reveal anything. Um, it kind of feels like you are just plopped through and just saying, hey, by the way, there's, um, you know, I don't know what happened to the house. I don't know what happened to the kids. Uh, there's just a new a new crop of folks. And the trailer actually doesn't have anything except for spooky music and just glimpses of all the various characters from the books that show up. So not a whole lot of uh, plot, but at the same time, you know, maybe they'll have in the second one. I I'm curious to see it just because i did kind of surprise or i did kind of enjoy that first one so i'm 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 on the shelf but i i wasn't impressed by the trailer yeah no i think we're all not impressed by the trailer i don't think it's a good trailer i, I was even surprised that there was a trailer because i forgot that this movie was happening 
I remember there was a lot of contention over whether Jack Black was going to be in it or not because he's frankly quite busy, it seems right now, between all these other movies. Like, he has a very Goosebumps-like movie coming out with uh, the house with clock on its house walls from, from, yeah. from kids director Eli Roth. So it's, you know... Right. It's, um, <laughs> but no, so it's like, well, Jack Black's pretty busy doing other things. Oh, they made the Goosebumps too. I forgot that this was a thing. And, that, and here it is. And yeah, it's... It feels like... It seems like this should be a direct-to-video sequel, but apparently it's, like, big enough to be like, oh, we can put this out in theaters. Uh, which is like, all right, well, well, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I the freshness of that first film uh, mixed with the fact that you have Jack Black involved, who I am a big fan of, it's like, well, that makes that something. This one just feels like it's retreading what we've seen before, and I could, I'd like to hope that I'll be wrong. Maybe they have some clever spin on this. And they got they got Slappy back. I mean, he was available. So, I mean, we'll see, we'll see him. <laughs> They just opened up a box and there he was. We'll, we'll see how this goes. I mean, I think it, from what I can tell, it's capturing the kind of essence of these Goosebumps movies, which is let's get a lot of the monsters from the various books sure. and put them out into a world where kids have to save the night. Like, that's that's a fun idea. Now, does it always require theatrical viewing? I couldn't tell you. Um, and this one, yeah, I, I think the, the kind of the novelty of it works so well in the first one. I'm not sure if it's going to be able to, re, you know, reprise that here, but. That's that's why I'm curious if they're if they're gonna do anything if it's the same kind of concept then you know I saw it better in the first one and if they have a different concept then cool I'm all for it yeah well we'll see basically is where I'm at with this thing but yeah I, I agree that the trailer itself is not doing much of a favor to the to the film that's being presented uh, Goosebumps two Haunted Halloween arrives in theaters October twelfth uh this fall so there you go that's a busy uh busy month october is always very busy these days it seems there's always like four yeah. movies coming out on each week of october and obviously goosebumps is going for that oscar so you know you got to give it some benefit of the doubt. <laughs> uh all right let's move on now that was our travel talk let's move on now to our main review for skyscraper you ever miss it i haven't touched a gun in 10 years after what happened that night fbi show me your hands I just put my sword down, you know. Without that bad luck. You're gonna be okay. I never would have met Sarah. I never would have had my kids. Daddy loves who? Me. Daddy loves who? Me! Me! I love you. You matter. Mr. Sawyer, you are the very first family we have had in the residential section of the Pearl. After your security assessment, what do you think of the building? The Pearl is the most advanced, super tall structure in the world. It's a breathtaking achievement. But no one really knows what would happen if things go wrong. That should have been some of the trailer for Skyscraper. The Rock battled an earthquake in San Andreas with director Brad Payton. They followed that film up with giant monster video game Rampage. The Rock battled spies with Kevin Hart in Central Intelligence with director Ross and Marshall Thurber. They have followed that up with Skyscraper. An action thriller that finds Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Will Sawyer. That's <laughs> two first names. A former FBI agent, <laughs> now amputee, running a security job for a recently built skyscraper in Hong Kong. It's the tallest building in the world, and while deemed to be as safe as possible, bad guys decide to set it on fire and obtain something from its owner. With Will framed for crimes he did not commit and his family also trapped inside the building, it'll be up to him to find a way inside and do everything he can to stop this towering inferno from dying hard while under siege. That was a very well done there. I, I like that. Thank you. Jordan Rath, what did you think of Skyscraper? Uh, this one this one hurts me a little bit because I really did enjoy it, and uh, I really like The Rock 
for a lot of personal reasons, like outside of his movies. Uh, and I usually enjoy his movies quite a bit. I enjoyed Skyscraper, but I was really bummed that... And I feel like I've seen the same trailer over and over again, but I feel like that one trailer gave away almost all the best parts. I, I don't know. This one's a hard one because I'm like, I enjoyed it, but I don't know if I had ever watched it again. And it had a lot of issues. Like, I think there were like three different villains at one point, if you don't include the building itself. And they completely forgot about that random Asian chick who could kill everybody in like a heartbeat. And then all of a sudden she's not in the movie until the very end with our naval surgeon, Nev Campbell. <laughs> I don't know. It felt, it felt very messy and it felt like they just wanted, they created the movie to get from set piece to set piece, I guess. All right. So the set mm-hmm. pieces I really enjoyed. Uh, and I think even having seen them in the trailers, some of the magic was gone, but they were still pretty uh, thrilling. But then the, all the in-between stuff was just a slog, it felt like. All right. But I do love The Rock. I thought The Rock uh, it would have been interesting with someone lower status, because I don't think it would have worked as well. He gets a lot of goodwill points. All right. Oh. Jose, what did you think of Skyscraper? Yeah, I think I'm sort of in the same boat. I uh, I enjoyed it a lot, and yet I don't know if I would recommend anyone go see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, I think I was just it hit me at the at a perfect time at a like long day at work uh, and just went to go watch this. Laundry was already um, done, so, was, so you know what else? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, uh, I was uh, a sort of a side note. I was trying out the AMC Stubbs A list uh, program thing. Yeah, this how's week. that? It was great. So I I got to see this in one of those new Dolby uh, cinemas that AMC is doing, which I hadn't nice. tried yet. So I had a you know a really good uh, really good uh, screening, a really beautiful screen, great sound, um, and like I said, I am absolutely terrified of heights, uh, and I think just the the there's a lot of shots that are just very simple of like look how high we are, and on on like a really great screen, I was a, it was enough to get me some of that vertigo going, um, so I think for me the thrills were thrilling. Um, and like Jordan said, that uh, I'm always going to extend a lot of goodwill to The Rock just because I've been a fan of his for forever. Um, I actually did a whole podcast episode about it with a friend of the show, Maxwell Haddad. We did a whole oh, yeah. podcast episode just about The Rock. And uh, I think he's charismatic. And I think the set pieces are good. Um, I had only seen, I think, maybe the teaser or something like that. So the main image that I had in my head was him making that crane jump, um, which is like everywhere. Um, and other than that, I hadn't uh, seen any of the other set pieces at all um so i think those were all fun and i think the thing that stuck out to me the most though that made the movie sort of uh less fun was how much i didn't realize how much this was obviously put in context for the overseas market specifically what i assume is like china and asia yeah uh because it's it's really apparent like almost from the jump yeah yes exactly it's it's very apparent right from the jump um how much that's going to play into the movie um i think it just felt very obvious to me um, but I, I think they do do a decent job of making it organic to the story, at least. Um, oh, there's a couple of one specifically just big name, I guess you would say big name Asian actor who kind of just stands around. And that's like his whole job for the entire movie. Yeah. Just to stand around. And <laughs> I mean, he's, he's telling you things. <laughs> yeah. He's telling, telling you where the rock is. <laughs> yeah, he gets he gets the best like 
I guess they love the lines right before a, a cut to another scene. What I, what um, I, because it's, it's it's Byron Man who you're talking about, who Byron who's Man, who's, yeah. who's right, who's Ryu in the first Street Fighter movie. So it's like whenever I see him pop up, I'm like, hey, it's Ryu. Like that's kind of my thought. Like he's in tons of other stuff, but that's like generally yeah, the thought yeah. that I have on him. Yeah, and he gets to just like look badass and answer questions, look smart, and then we he immediately sends us off to the next scene, and it's and it's great. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think overall it was an enjoyable time for me, and yet I don't know if I would rec- like recommend people rush out and see it. And it seems like not a lot of people are based on the, the box office. Abe? So what's interesting about Skyscraper is that um, it is an extremely like superficial, shallow movie. Not like in terms of images, more just like the story is not that deep. And that's kind of a bummer because I was kind of half going in to expect... A movie that would be um, like either self-referential and know that it's not a great movie or a movie that is a little bit more fun than what I got. And I unfortunately didn't get that that ultra fun movie. I will I will agree with everybody that has spoken before me that the set pieces are very good. I mean, it's a burning, you know, giant building that is in Hong Kong and the rock is climbing up a, a crane to the 96th floor kind of thing. But, um, you know, the storyline isn't great because the, the villains aren't great. They have a, uh, a premise that they worked really hard on this plan, which could have just easily been executed in a different way. And I think that the, 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 there's a lot of characters here, kind of like what Jose is alluding to. There's a lot of characters here, and also Jordan. I mean, Jordan kind of mentioned that there's a, the, the lone woman assassin badass kind of thing. There's a lot of characters that they don't really get a lot of uh, quality time to really say like, um, hey, you know, this is what this role is or this is what that role is. I mean, there's been a lot of comparisons to Die Hard and there's been a lot of comparisons like what Aaron mentioned, The Towering Inferno, as well as uh, Under Siege. Um, Fugitive. But uh, Yeah, The Fugitive, exactly. But there's just a lot of questions that I had involving some of these things here. I will say that um, uh, Pablo Shriver, that guy needs to be in more action movies for sure. Did you Um, see Den of Thieves, Abe? I didn't. Is it good? It's good enough. It, it's <laughs> it's good enough that there are tolerable. <laughs> there's a lot to tolerate because that movie's two and a half hours. But he's okay, good at it. Fifty movie. Cent's good at it, and Jar Butler. He's having a blast, like being not Al Pacino as the as his as the cop character in Heat. Like this. <laughs> but there's he's, there, not, he's not ad libbing lines to Hank Azaria. No, but it be, it begins and ends well. I'll say that. Okay. All right. <laughs> But, I, yeah, I mean, uh, there's some good characters here. They just aren't explored. It's not even that they need to be explored. They just aren't given a whole lot because the script isn't very good. Um, so with all that, though, it's like I found that the pacing was actually really good in the movie. And I think that's really what keeps me into the movie. Um, and like it was, Jose was mentioning, there's a lot of like great, I guess, crane shots and action shots that you can see. And it keeps you into the movie. But, of course, there's a lot of questions that I have to word. So, unfortunately, it's not it's not like a fun like wild ride that I was kind of expecting. Like I still haven't seen a hurricane heist, Aaron, but you know how we love those kind of like trashy movies. Um, I, I'm not expecting this one to be a trashy, but it's not as fun as let's say like um, San Andreas or even I, I enjoyed central intelligence think more than you did. Uh, so I, I, it wasn't fun on those levels. And unfortunately I think the thing that kind of just uh, does work is the family element aspect but even that kind of runs its course after a little bit, and you're just kind of left wondering, like, you know, we, we got the tax credit to shoot in Hong Kong, but also this is going to make some movie some money there. 
but it's it's just not a it's not a very fun movie overall. So I definitely understand where Jose is coming from with the like I the recommendation part, but you know it it is just okay in my book. Strangely, I haven't thought to compare the Rock movies against each other, at least the recent ones. But I would say I like this more than San Andreas. It's about on par with Rampage. Um, and, oh, you remember how I, I hated Rampage? I do, but I had a blast of Rampage. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, this movie, I get, I think it gets what it's doing. Um, that doesn't make it necessarily better than it is, but I do think the movie understands its tone um, and to its advantage because I do think the things that it does well are recognizing what kind of movie it is without having to go over the top about it. Um, it has the rock in this kind of hero mode. It's a little bit more serious than other rock movies. And it needs to be, be based off the kind of threat involved. That said, it has its own kind of fun, given the scenario we're presented with. Um, it also does move at a clip. I'm very happy that the movie's not, you know, two hours and change. It's only a mere, like, hour and 40, uh, which is refreshing, honestly, for a movie like this. It could have been much longer, but that comes with having streamlined amounts of characters. You only have The Rock, his wife, what, Chin Han as the leader of the, or the the, the owner of the building, yeah, and yeah. Roland Mahler as the main, like, bad guy, and a couple of other character actors pop up here and there for various reasons. Um, mm-hmm. And those, that, I'm going to get back to that because that's, that's an issue I have with the film. But the things that I like about it are the things I just mentioned, but also the way this movie puts Dwayne Johnson into these scenarios. I, Abe, yeah. Abe, you've not, or you've been, you're very aware that I was a big fan of the trailer for this movie because he has a fake leg, because he's an amputee. <laughs> yeah. What I, yeah, no, I, I have that text. What I, th- what I love about this movie is that it really doesn't like play it as a gimmick. It really uses it wisely. It uses it in a way that I think, honestly, disabled people would respect. It doesn't use it as a kind of a laugh line. And when it becomes when it comes into play, which it doesn't very often, honestly, it's used in a way where it's not pivotal in a way that feels hokey. I mean, obviously, there's one there's one there's one or two scenes that can feel a bit hokey, but any scenario involving certain things he does can feel hokey, regardless <laughs> if he's a fake leg or not. But there's things like there's a fight that happens. I, or, I think his use of duct tape is more egregious. Is what your point? If you is. can't fix it with duct tape, you need more duct tape, babe. Um, <laughs> well, what, there's one scene. There's a fight early on in this movie that happens where the leg is removed, and I love how it's not about like Johnson's character is. Like there, you could have he could have been like he could have based the whole like persona he has around the fact that he has a fake leg. I'm sorry, I keep saying fake leg. But that's offensive. I apologize, but I'm just <laughs> summarizing. But like, yeah, I think the he, there there's a there's a much more melodramatic way this movie could have played if he was constantly like, oh, my life's over because of it. Instead, it's constantly positive. Like I wouldn't have met my wife and wouldn't have had kids if I didn't like get in the situation. And like I'm now getting back to that fight when that fight happens and the legs removed, he just adjusts. He just he just fights differently. And so it's like things like that where I'm like, this movie has a really good idea of how to utilize this, like, this the, the persona that The Rock has to take on in this film. And I like that yeah. stuff. And I like how it played into the big set pieces. The set pieces, I think, are a lot of fun. Um, there's the cinematography by, is by Robert Ellswit, who did uh, Ghost Protocol. This yeah, is, I was like, he's the, done a lot of. He's not, I mean, Award he's an Academy, he's Academy Award, but among, yeah. I mean, of films that matter to this movie, Ghost Protocol is a pretty safe bet as far as giant tower movies. <laughs> and this movie is not nearly as effective as that movie. But I will say, much like Jose, I'm not afraid of heights, but I certainly had a. There were some vertigo-inducing moments, which is impressive for a movie that takes place at dark and is using a CG building. To, you know, to, to convey that, I think is pretty impressive. 
the problem I have is not really about story. Like I, the the movie is a knockoff of other movies. Like I get it. Like I'm not going in thinking, man, this, the Rock's gonna have a whole new take on bad guys take hostages and take over a building. <laughs> like the movie's literally die hard in a building at this point. So it's like, what else are we doing new? The problem I have is honestly the characters. I think Nev Campbell is quite good with what she's given. Like it's a pretty thin role that, and they use her wisely. They don't make her just being need being needed to rescue the whole time. She actually handles herself pretty well and saves her kids at the same time. So good on her for that and good on the script for making it that way. But the villain is so weak in this movie. It, it was such a, like, I kept thinking, well, clearly this is the guy that's just like the main henchman. Cause the real villain's going to show up any second. That's what and I that never did, happens. Actually. There's never yeah. any. And I'm like, well, they didn't. Because he kept playing himself as the main henchman. They, they never, like, advertise anybody yeah. else, so maybe it's, like, some big surprise. I won't say it's a big surprise of who's not on the Rock's side, because you can spot that a mile off as far as who's cast in this movie. It's like, yeah, they're going to be bad guys. But, like, the main guy, he does fine, I guess, but it's like, he's no Alan Rickman. Like, you know, he's no, he's no, he's, he's no like, he's no nowhere near any of, like, the quintessential villains that you get in a lot of these movies and that's kind of my issue where and i think jordan you hit it too where the movie i wouldn't necessarily say it slogs in between the set pieces but it certainly doesn't feel as there's not there's not good character stuff going on here like the things with die hard and other movies that are remembered somewhat similarly as die hard or at least on that same are on near that level is that in addition to the stunts, you get the fun like characters. You get Ellis. You get you get you get you get you get fun supporting. You get Alan Ruck in Speed. Argyle. You get Argyle. You get a lot of these characters that are like you remember the lines. And this is not a movie where I'm going to remember any of the lines from. I'm not going to remember any of like those quirky things that those guys did in between the like big action moments. And that's a shame. I mean, if, if the Rocket said you got legged in one of the scenes, I would love that. But he didn't. Say <laughs> he doesn't that. even have many uh, one-liners. He has like he's the duct tape line. Like that's it. Like there's not or like. And even I don't remember the full thing. I guess you just said it. But uh, Jordan, I want to I want to uh, rope you back in here too because uh, you had brought up that uh, yeah, like some of these characters are just not very very good, right? And I want to ask you like you know what was it about? Uh, was there anything in specific that you felt like the the evil you know single bullet lady could have done more? Or I mean, did you feel as though there's too many? Uh, no, I feel kind of the way Aaron felt. Uh, I was waiting for kind of the hammer to drop as far as who the real villain was. And then it turns out that they're all kind of the villain. Uh, and it's just like this conglomerate of bad guys decided to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Part of me almost thought that I forget his character's name now, but the guy who died at the beginning in the fight would somehow like come back or something. <laughs> I'd entertain that like for surprise. sure. That'd be, fun. That'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah. And he rode some secret elevator up this towering, just building. I hear my hypothesis is that they uh, drew these villains very thinly because they wanted the building itself to be the villain. And I thought in that regard, the building as a character was pretty fun. I thought it was a cool building design, even though it was like super unrealistic uh, and a lot of plot conveniences. It's got a big ball at the top. Unrealistic. Yeah. It's got a big ball. You didn't like their, you didn't like their game of death stuff at the top. Uh, <laughs> the, the one specific code that he has to go find that's hidden behind the turbine so conveniently outside. Given that we've all seen Sorry to Bother You, I oh. wish that code was longer. Um, I, um... <laughs> yes. I, I, yeah, I, I can agree that the, the building is a, is a neat design, is unreal. Like, I like that in the middle of it is, like, Pandora, apparently, they have that going on, so it's like, oh, good for them. Yeah, That's enough. unfortunately, you, don't, you never see it except for on fire, but... <laughs> no, but I, I'll say this about the building, the fire aspect, 
the fire is surprisingly not much of a factor in this movie. Like, it never really feels like the fire is a threat, if you know what I mean. It feels like it's an obstacle. Like, it certainly has to be people have to get around the fire but like right. it never yeah. feels like the fire is like of the things that were ranking on the danger scale it's like guns uh the evil norwegian guy you know height <laughs> gravity <laughs> uh possible gunfire from cops that the w- one henchman lady that's way far down away from the building then fire like the fire like does not like factor in it's like oh man it's getting hot in here like that's never really seems like a problem in this movie you're right about that but uh, it, I, I I find it weird that they took so many things to make you feel as though the it is part of I guess a larger problem, but it's really not because you're uh, the thing that I'm talking about is like they they disable a lot of these protocols and it's like oh well now it's gonna get really terrible right? But I've never seen I, I don't see like Nev Campbell and her kids like choking or whatever the case. I see is, the kid choking know? a butt, especially the kid with asthma. He's ch- he's, he's, choking. he's got asthma, yeah, and he and you know she does a, a good job of getting the the towels and uh, doing her job there, but. Yeah, I, I agree with you that the, the fire just isn't um, as threatening. But I, I also want to agree with Jordan that I didn't even think about the, I guess you guys have all mentioned this except for me, but the building is as a villain. I was like, I, I never I never really put that together, but I guess it's true. No, that's a, that is a good point. I agree with you, Jordan. I mean, the building does, like, it is a challenge for the, it, it, it's neat that, as much as I like The Rock to interact more with other people in this movie, I do like that the film relies on him not having to necessarily use his brawn to outwit situations, but have to kind of think his way through what I can do to get to this building or get around this building in various ways. Like there's some good stuff there. I would say I did think in this one too, is the first movie is I'll say his solo movie, but even like going back to the fast and furious films, I feel like is the first movie where his character uh, actually like kind of doubted himself and had a lot of like self doubt and, can I get through this? And like, I, Oh, I hope I get through this, which was kind of refreshing to see as a rock is usually his character in like Jumanji and rampage and like all of these other movies. He's just like super macho man. And Oh, <laughs> that bullet hit me. I deflected it with my pectoral muscle. No deal. <laughs> I think you're forgetting Baywatch. <laughs> Where it's like super too. egregious. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But it was, it was kind of interesting to see, even though, I, I almost wish they would have delved further into that as far as having it be almost uh, an acting vehicle for The Rock. Because sure. I, I think he could have done a little bit more. I, I don't think he was given an opportunity, but the fact that he did have a prosthetic leg and at the beginning of the film, before his big presentation, he's like, oh, I can't even do this. Like, why are they choosing me? Uh, you don't see him like that often, so it was kind of nice to see that. Well, it's because he was half price, and so that half price must have been like, that's true. Seemingly a lot of money because I don't think the security firms like they do they do these inspections on the cheap. But um, Jose, I want to ask you, what did you think of? Uh, um, I guess the experience in the Dolby theater is the screen much larger than a regular theater because I haven't been inside a Dolby specific screening room before. Um, I don't think it's any larger. It's it's a you know, good size screen, but uh, I believe it's a 4K projection. Yeah. It was very, it was a very bright, okay. very clear screen. And I think it's just the the clarity and just the, the picture quality was just okay. top notch. Yeah, it's more because I want to the sound. It, it's yeah. more technical presentation. Yeah, the sound is amazing. It's technical presentation over anything else. Like the screen. Okay. They they sometimes they kind of they lower the they they raise and lower the kind of the the masking on it so it appears like it's a larger right, right. screen sometimes. But yeah, it's mostly a, it's yeah. a technical thing more than anything. Because the follow-up to that is the part where he's climbing in and scaling that thing, and then he like, Ugh. 
he's trying to like do the uh, the Nathan Drake uh, Uncharted move where he's like you know <laughs> yeah. going over. And I was like, and then he he like his hands was. I was like, holy fucking shit! <laughs> and I was actually kind of scared. So I was just curious if it, if it was a large yeah, screen him, or if, like if it was super clear. It's like I wonder what that looks like. I wonder if that looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, him climbing the the crane, him going out along the edge of the building. Yeah, I was literally. I, I was like, I don't want to look at this because I'm starting to get really nervous. <laughs> There's a couple, yeah. When he has to like monkey bar his way across the wood, I was like, okay. <laughs> I didn't like that at all <laughs> because they use a good POV shots where it's like, yeah, that's what that looks like. That's that's not that's not no, no bueno on that one. But it's like you know, it's like you I, I play these uh, games. One of the pipes are gonna like bend or something like that. <laughs> is there a chance the pipe could bend? I don't, I don't know. I trust the engineering, I guess. Not in your life, my Hindu friend. Come on, Abe. Pick uh, me up. <laughs> Good one. Um, and there, there's also, there's one, there's one I want to get because yeah. of moments that got me as far as like, oh yeah, he's really high up there. It's when he like, he he lifts like a big pillar thing to like burst through a window and he almost falls yep. out the window. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I like to start like. <laughs> <laughs> kind of yeah, a little bit. Yes. <laughs> yeah I, I like that too. I was kind of, I was. I was uh, kind of curious. I was like, you know, I don't think they would design those windows to be that, you know, unpenetrable. And then he did it again. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess maybe. Uh, Abe, they didn't plan on the rock bursting through it with a beam. I, <laughs> I want to uh, ask you guys about the elements of, you know, 90s movies and all these other uh, uh, heist kind of type movies. Did you guys like the characters that they built into the movie, such as the, the hacker, like the Alan Cumming light um, <laughs> that they had? Uh, from GoldenEye. Is it GoldenEye? He's in, he's in GoldenEye, yeah. yes. Yeah, but, you know, basically, like, you know, I, I'm the best hacker, and I, I've got crazy hair, and I wear glasses. I, to, my my answer is no. Before you finish all this question, no, yeah. because I've already, <laughs> I, I've, already, I've already mentioned this. I think the, the weak part is the fact that these villains aren't colorful enough. Like, Noah Taylor gets some fun to do, but he's taken out far earlier than I would have expected. It was like... You know who the guy that I did appreciate is actually the security lead on, uh, on uh, Chin Han's team. I was like, I actually like yeah, this guy. Yeah, no, I liked well, him, yeah. I'm bummed out that he didn't get more to do, but he did his job. Yeah. <laughs> but There's yeah, I agree a... with you. There's nobody in the, like, all these movie trope scripts of characters, like, these are these are bad. They're they're just not really well developed. And I would love to see them play a little bit more of a larger role, but unfortunately, the movie just doesn't, it just breezes right past them to get to The Rock saving his family. Yeah, there's a lot that feels like, like, it, they stayed with, like, the first draft. Like, oh, he's I... got, like, some confidence issues. Um, and that's going to be the, what we explore for his character, but uh, it never really goes anywhere. Like, you know, eventually he, he just feels comfortable. And yeah, then to, to pick it really quickly, I, I essentially when I left this screening, I was like, this feels like a pitch meeting. And then they're just like, OK, now we've got to write a script. It's like, no, we don't. We don't have to write a script. We would just write the pitch that we just gave to the executives. Like, that, that's what this feels. I like. mean, I don't want to get too down on the rock, but I do think it's part of his ego as far as. Not oh, not letting people get too much, which is weird because he's in so many like he's a he's a co lead in so many other films, and yet this solo project like he's not. Now that said, like I did mention, like Nev Campbell gets, she doesn't need to be rescued. He's good. Like she and she's yeah. good in the movie, even in like a throwaway role like this. They give her a lot to do, and they give her a lot to do that's not. Like, you don't see this kind of thing in a lot of the diehard knockoffs as far as the wife that's able to defend herself. I mean, maybe she'll get, like, maybe the, that kind of character will get, like, a line or two to express, like, I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to take any of your shit. But, like, she actually throws down with some of the people in this movie, which is like, yeah. oh. No, well, I glad, I'm glad that they gave her the backstory again. And she's she's an officer in the Navy. She, she's been through military training, so she can take care of herself kind of thing. So I was glad that she kicked some ass and uh, took some names. But, um, yeah, no. 
I, uh, I, I want to actually touch on that because you brought up, you know, the Roxigo thing, which I didn't think about. I don't know. Like, can you can you uh, expand on that a little bit? I, th- <laughs> I think a film. N- not to get yourself in the hot no, water. I, with with Dwayne? Um, no, I think. Yeah. I think a movie like this, where it's The Rock playing a Bruce Willis type character from like a Die Hard movie, yeah. for example, where he's also a producer on it, where he helped co-develop the script with Ross and Marshall oh, Thurber after uh, Central Intelligence. I think the idea of him being the main cell of this movie might have led to him really being the main cell of this movie, where you don't really... I mean, even those other Die Hard not... Like, Speed has Dennis Hopper in it, like and Sandra Bullock, for no less, too, among others. Yeah. Or, like, Die Hard has Alan Rickman, who was nobody back then, but Alan Rickman gets, like, just as much... Uh, you remember him just as much as you remember Bruce Willis in Die Hard. And- but you, he was, like not taking any shit from anybody. Like, he just killed them point blank. Or like Cliffhanger has uh, uh, John Lithgow, or Air, For- oh, Air Force yeah. One has Gary Oldman giving a fucking towering performance in that movie. Like, <laughs> this one, they don't even bother to give anybody a tower. No, I, I so I, I just, I, I wonder if, like, it's, if it's, because it's not a budget thing. It's like this movie didn't have the money, so it's like, I just, I just wonder. I, I, I wonder if there was, like, I don't want anyone to kind of overtake me as far as who, you know, seeing the lion's share of uh, memorability here, and I think it kind of backfires as far as what we're getting out of it. You know, again, I, I don't really have a, a, a or any sort of, like, I guess, a dog in the fight kind of thing, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, because when you mentioned that, I started immediately thinking to his... Um, to his takes on Twitter, just saying like, "Hey, don't listen to these critics. Just go see the movie." Yeah, but he's also he yeah, for skyscraper. He's, he's he's retweeting all the critics this time around. He's having a better time with this. Uh, just including in front of the show, uh, Courtney Courtney Howard. That's I, I mean, like even Rampage. Rampage is Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He's having a blast in that movie. Or uh, <laughs> San uh, San Andreas, a little less so. That's more of him versus earthquakes in that movie. But um, <laughs> I just see a lot of other, you see other people in there. That's just spe- it's speculation. I, I just that's that's an interesting point. But like so. regardless of. What, anyway. regardless of the cause it, the movie is not helped by the fact that there aren't like other characters in this that are just as compelling to watch as the rock that's and that's kind of my main problem with it it's, it's actually a really good point because now when you think back yeah. on like a lot of his solo films mm-hmm. there are those groups of people like even san andreas i i think i really enjoyed the parts with uh alexander daddario and like the mm-hmm. british guy and the kid uh-huh. yeah and they cut away a lot to him and that like group as they were trying to survive um there always is kind of that group that they cut away from the rock to like supplement it. And it, that kind of wasn't there this time. Yeah, Even like the fast and furious movies, obviously those are ensembles and like, um, right. What was yeah. this thing? Jumanji Jumanji's like, it's about four people and not just the rock. Like there's right. a lot there. Well, what's great is also the rock is playing like a, another character in that movie as well. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's playing, he's playing, within he's character. playing against type. Yeah. Which works. Yeah. And like central intelligence obviously has him and Kevin Hart. Marcus, which, Marcus, which I really movie. liked. Yeah. <laughs> Because I, I like that he was like the goofball, but also Kevin Hart wasn't, you know, doing slapstick on the screen. As much as I'm kind of like, okay, I think it's okay. I do think that might be, that at least be my top three rock performances. I think he's very good in Central Intelligence for playing up like this big kid aspect of like, hey, I'm having, I'm having fun being a big tough guy. <laughs> like that's the kind of way he does it. Right, a skyscraper. Any other thoughts on uh, this movie? Uh, I almost laughed out loud with how fast he climbed to the crane <laughs> and then how much energy he had left after he climbed the crane. I agree, because Aaron, you asked a question earlier, have you guys climbed before? And a few of us have, just tried it out. And it's really intense to climb, like, that's only, like, maybe, like, 10 feet. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of hard to climb, like, 96 in this one in the span of, like, 10 minutes. Well, my, my, um... <laughs> 
you're right. And my <laughs> my my main thought on that is it always goes back to Alfred and Batman Begins where a beam falls on Bruce Wayne and Alfred's like, what's the point of all those push-ups if you can't lift up a log? <laughs> like, that's, that was a great line. So that's what I think here. It's like, well, why does he work out? If What, what other reason is it to work out if he can't climb 96 stories? Like, uh, I love the, like, what the yeah. fuck did you just say to me? Look, that, that Bruce Wayne has, and then he pushes the beam Yeah, then he, he gives a take before he does it. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, Anyhow. Batman Begins is awesome. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I have one question. Sure. This speaks to my first draft comment. Does this have the same ending line as San Andreas? It does. Yes, it does. Were, were they, yeah, yeah, we were okay. real. I thought it was crazy. <laughs> no, you're not. I, I... Then, like, the, thing, the thing that sucks is, like, I think we had mentioned another rock movie where we're like, why didn't they use that line in this movie? Oh, uh, it might have been, a uh, what's the movie with the, the video game? Rampage. Rampage. Like, why didn't they use that line at the end of that movie, too? All um, his movies should just end like that now. That should be his wait, calling Wait, what was part. it? It's, what do we, it's a two-part line. What do we do now? We rebuild. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had so many other questions that are not pertinent to this, but along the lines of, you know, these are like Hong Kong nationals. You know, Nev Campbell's kicking them in the face. Dwayne Johnson's like beating a few up. You know, how does this work? This is going to be an international incident. But I was like, I'm, I'm just not going to bring that up. I have, well, I have an alternate take on Nev Campbell's part in this movie. The because uh, like when she when the villain is introduced. You only know he's a villain because Nev Campbell like stares at him ominous- ominously, and the only reason she does that is because the music is telling you that he needs to be the villain. Like, there's no reason for him for her to look at him as if he's a bad person, except that the music's so dramatic. It's like, <laughs> so I kept thinking, okay, so yeah. now Nev Campbell's being punished for her xenophobia, and and fire constantly threatens her now because she just looked at yeah. that guy the wrong way. <laughs> this is a huge nitpick. This is a huge nitpick. But what I found hilarious was like they've been living presumably in that building. For maybe like a couple of weeks, maybe even like a month, and the first time that they see these people, they, they're probably like the only like first like non-Asian people in the building. Of course, she's gonna be suspicious. Then like the guy just taps on her shoulder, like we're part of building maintenance. But, but like, he's, I don't think this is working. But he's very friendly. He's having fun with the kids, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Your Majesty. <laughs> he he has a little bit of a bad guy face. You know, that's a yeah. At least they didn't give him, like, a I'm sorry, face. Jose, did you just characterize all of Scandinavia as having bad guy faces? I expected more from you, Jose. Which brings us to another Jose's homework assignment. You're going to watch Force Majeure. How about that? It's all about Sweden. Those Scandinavians. Okay. Um, all right, let's write this movie. All right, when should you guys go and when should people see Skyscraper? Start with Jose. Uh, next time you fold some laundry. Right, there you go. Okay. Jordan? I'll say a matinee. I mean, it's pretty easy to recommend if you have like a movie pass type deal. But I'll say matinee or wait till Netflix. Abe, I you should wait for HBO for this. I like the um the, the matinee movie movie bill or movie bill movie uh, movie pass um play on this. I think it's it is. I think the the vertigo inducing scenes work really well. I think the the ideas of the scenes of him scaling a skyscraper are effective enough to be seen on the big screen. Uh, Dad's movie corner, by the way, he had fun. <laughs> he echoes basically everything we said, but he had fun watching this movie. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's that's where I stand on this. I think it's it's fine. I, I wish it was better. I do think the element that I was most excited about was handled very well, which was the Rock being an amputee. I think they did handle that uh, quite well for this movie. Um, but yeah, as a whole, I went down by the fact that there basically just wasn't a really good bad guy and more, you know, interesting stuff in that department. Yeah. So. Can I can I ask one last question? No. Moving on. Yeah. Abe, what? Did you guys feel as though there was, like, ADR on the evil lady, like, in the first four scenes that she's in? Oh, I could buy that. 
Because I wasn't yeah. sure. I was like, her sound, her voice sounds really like English American. And then in the last scene, I was like, that's her real voice. <laughs> so I don't know. Anyway, that's it. God, you guys going in on the accents and faces of different nations. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> we're very, we're very, you know, we, we take fine tooth comb to all these movies that we watch. Come on. It just Abe disapproves of some combs that are different than other cones. Apparently, that's all. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Let's uh, let's get to our let's get to our know, feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Uh, this is where we go over some of the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash/outnowpodcast, where we asked a number of listeners. We asked the listeners a number of questions. They gave us answers. Then the listeners gave us questions that we will provide answers to. So let's get right to this. Um, and uh, Jose and Jordan, feel free to uh, join in with any answers you may have. First question we have here is buildings, monsters, earthquakes. What should Dwayne the Rock Johnson battle next? Uh, Marcus, friend of the show, writes Dave Bautista, but in a cage match in Madison Square Garden. Stipulation: loser leaves town. Bonesaw's ready. <laughs> Michael Lee, friend of the show, writes The Sun, as in the massive star, not the supermarket tabloid publication. Or if he wants to fight <laughs> supermarket tabloids, he can do that too. Uh, Mike writes, he could be in the sequel to Glass as a man who is literally made out of rocks. Uh, That's pretty funny. Uh, Jay, Jay writes my favorite answer. Uh, Jay, friend of the show, writes uh, Edward Scissorhands, which just made me laugh. <laughs> uh, Maxwell, friend of the show, writes uh, a good script. A lot of winky faces. Uh, Alan writes paper. Clever. Uh, Justin writes, I can't even answer this. Maxwell beat me to it. David writes, runaway baby Trump blimp. <laughs> Ricardo writes himself, Clone Wars. Uh, <laughs> uh, Renee writes, Nazis. And Chris writes, Big Badass Aliens. Oh, man. If he plays Ripley in the Aliens remake, I'm going to be so intrigued. <laughs> Do you guys have any uh, answers for what the Rock should battle next? I'll add Greek gods. I always, I still, to this day, really want a well-done God of War trilogy. Interesting. And I always felt like the Rock would be really good at it. I could see that. I could very see that. R-rated, like, yeah. Very R-rated, but very... Maybe focus less on how angry Kratos is and more like kind of on what the previous game did, but it'd be really interesting. So he's got to like go yeah. and uh, help his son learn how to be a warrior? Maybe not a son yet, but just not as one-dimensional as the early <laughs> games. No, yeah, I like okay. current current era God of Kratos would be a... Uh... Yeah. 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 I actually am a big fan of the sun. Like, I think Michael's got a point there. I think if he goes and battles the, the, the burning star... That'd be a movie to watch. Well, and get that IP in there, what? so it could be Sunshine Two, where they thought they fixed the sun, <laughs> but they didn't, and so The Rock is now taking on it by himself. He finds he finds Killian Murphy again. I don't know if you've seen Sunshine, eh, but things did not I work out well for that crew. Yeah. <laughs> but Mark, he needs to punch an asteroid. But weirdly enough, Mark Strong is back. It's really strange. <laughs> but... Anyway, anyway, next question: What is your favorite Die Hard knockoff? Uh, friend of the show, Alan writes Paul Blart mock up. And Toy Soldiers. <laughs> Justin has Die Hard 2. Richard has Air Force 1. Uh, Jay, friend of the show, has Under Siege. And Greg has Mayhem. It's, it's speed. The answer is speed. That's, I'm sorry. That's, that's the answer to this question. It's speed. <laughs> a quiz. Which we, we, we have a commentary to. You can find it right now on iTunes. It's great. It's a fun it's a great commentary. Watch, by the way. <laughs> Very, very great on the rewatchability. You guys have favorite Die Hard knockoffs? I think I have to agree with speed. Yeah, because it's right. Yeah, yeah I would say speed. Yeah, it's the, for it's sure. the correct answer. <laughs> no, I'm not threatening them off air. Uh, all right. <laughs> our, uh, our next question. Your favorite films where the height is a big deal. 
Uh, Mike has Vertical Joe, Vert, Vertical Jones, Vertical Limit, The Descent, and Poseidon. Uh, Christopher has The Towering Inferno, Rush Hour 2, and District District B13, and Cliffhanger. Justin, Distribute to the Fiends. A wonderful answer, because it's all about parkour. Of course it involves heights. It's a perfect answer. Uh, Justin writes, yeah. I got more intense as I read it louder. Uh, Justin writes, seems like just about every Mission Impossible movie would fit this. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Uh, Alan... God damn, he stole mine. <laughs> uh, Alan has Big <laughs> and uh, Man on Wire, which is also a terrific answer. That's what I was going to say. Cat uh... <laughs> uh, well, and the they, listeners, they, the they version. Yeah, instead of the documentary, yeah. you just go for the, the, the Jiggles movie. The Jiggles movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, what's it called? Now I'm trying to forget, or trying to remember. I think it's... Uh, the, the, is it just The Wire? No, it's... I think it's The Walk. The Walk, thank you. The I know it was like The something. Thanks. Yeah, The Walk. Yeah. Good IMAX movie. Hard to... Was that, was that a Zemeckis? Zeme- yeah, it's a Zemeckis checker. Yeah, it's a Zemeckis. Yeah. It's... It, it, you throw uh, Vertigo in there? Vertigo's a good answer, for sure. Vertigo's a good answer? Yeah. Sorry, we had two more. For, uh, Catherine has Vertical Limit, and Nathan has Die Hard. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna echo Jordan's answer of just the Mission Impossible movies, as well as uh, uh, the person who wrote it, uh, Justin. So you know, it's it's first of all, it's a fish tank. Next one, he's like rock climbing with Anthony Hopkins in his ear, and then the third one, I don't know, if, or I guess it's the bridge. He's like going even higher, and then the fourth one, it's like the the Burj Khalifa, right? Yeah, so, that's kind of the epitome of heights. Used, uh, <laughs> like when when I thought about it, I. Was, I don't know if there's a single scene in Skyscraper that tops the Burj Khalifa scene in Ghost Protocol. Because I still remember that scene that goes, or the Burj Khalifa scene in IMAX for Ghost Protocol. And I, that was one of the few times in the theater that I've been actually pretty nauseous. Yeah, no, the Burj Khalifa oh, scene that's a great is scene. like the, that, and like, I love seeing Nolan movies in IMAX, but like the Burj Khalifa scene gives a lot of his stuff a run for its money as far as how well utilized the IMAX camera is to convey the sense of heights, to show you that Tom yeah. Cruise is really there. Like, yeah. you're like it, it's a, it's a fantastic <laughs> sequence. And yes, nothing in Skyscraper comes nowhere close to anything going on in Ghost Protocol. What's also so great that, about, about that scene in, in Ghost Protocol is that his glove gives out. So he's like, you know, uh, getting a little bit weird. And uh, in this one, the, the duct tape doesn't go out. So, you know, I'm just saying. Okay. I guess he used enough duct tape. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the next question we asked everybody, um, what kind of diehard knockoff should Nev Campbell star in as the hero? For the show, Alan has a sequel to The Craft, and she has to protect her coven. Uh, Patrick has, all I know is the title, Never Die. Uh, Tyler has Scream Hard. Maxwell, friend of the show, has White House Down 2. Uh, David has, I think she could do a Death Wish slash Savage Streets type vigilante picture where she isn't the traumatized victim, but is the unhinged death dealer. That's a dark movie, man. I like Scream Hard. That's a that's a fun one. That was a pretty funny Scream hard. title. Scream Hard. Scream, hard. <laughs> Scream Harder, the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> Scream Hardest. Yeah. Live for your Scream, Scream hard. hard with a vengeance. Yeah. It's a good day to Scream Hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, does Jai Courtney jump in any of these movies? Shut up, babe. Shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, if it was Jack Screamer, then yes. Where <laughs> he doesn't say anything. Yeah. No, that's the good one. Not much. He says some things. And when he does, he says, he says, like, he says what he needs uh, to. He's good in that movie. That's that's the takeaway. <laughs> Jack Reacher. Jack Courtney. Um, is also good in that movie. That's a, good, that's a fun movie. Yeah. Right. Jack Reacher never go back. Not as fun. No, sadly. Disappointment. Anyway, let's move on. Let's get to our next question. Favorite films about middle school-aged kids. This is obviously be part of 8th uh, grade, which came out this week. Alan Aguilera writes, how many of those are there? 
Uh, so Justin uh, responded by noting Sandlot, the Diary of Olympia Kids series, wasn't Paranorman in middle school. I believe he was in middle school, right? In an elementary or middle school? He was in middle school. He had a locker. He was in middle school. (laughs) He also provided his own answer. He said, middle school, colon, the worst years of my life. That's those books, right? Those are books, aren't they? Middle school? Yeah. Right, that's a book. They've also made a bunch of movies about him. Yeah. Um, No, it's one, because I reviewed the Blu-ray. It's one, like, yeah, there's a bunch of books, and it's like a movie. But the the Diary of a Wimpy Kid, I was confusing the two because they're obviously very similar. But um, yeah. I wrote a note because I wanted to keep make sure I remembered some key ones. School of Rock is a middle school movie, Alan. School of Rock. School of Rock. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> um, I also put uh, Aquila and the Bee, uh, Bridge to Terabithia, Welcome to the Dollhouse, which Eighth Grade has a lot in common with. Not to quite the extremes of that Todd Salon's film does. Uh, George Washington, David Gordon Green's, I believe his first film. That's a good one. Mm. And uh, King Jack, which was on Marcus's top ten of that year. Uh, that's a solid movie. It's on Netflix, mm. and it's a kid in middle school. He's that age. Akilah and the Bee, remind me of that one. Is that the one with... Um... It's uh, Lawrence Fishburne's in that. Fishburne. It's a spelling okay, bee movie. It's very good. Yeah. It is a good movie. And also, if you want to watch a documentary, watch... Uh, is it Bee Season? Bee Season, yes. Yeah, Yeah, that's a great documentary. Uh, do you guys have any favorite uh, middle-aged school movies? I'll double down on Sandlot. That's yeah. one. That's a hard one to beat. Yeah. It's School of Rock, I think. It's the, the, I had not thought of that one, and that's that's the correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I, I saw Alan write that. I'm like, come on. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> um, all right. All right. Movies about, uh, I'm sorry, uh, favorite films featuring lead characters who use a wheelchair. Uh, Eric writes X-Men, and it's very funny because his name is Eric with a K, just spelled like Eric Lancher, but obviously he's talking about Professor Xavier. Maxwell has Rear Window, and I guess maybe you can add Deadpool, because he rides Professor Xavier's wheelchair. Maxwell has Rear Window. Uh, Steven has Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China. Justin has X-Men, Born on the Fourth of July. And lastly, Chris has Born on the Fourth of July. Well, that's a good answer, Born on the Fourth of July. I'm not going to deny that one, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Forrest Gump? Dodgeball and Forrest Gump. Yeah, you guys, those are some good movies there. Equally good movies, some say. Yeah. Patches <laughs> <laughs> if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. What? Drink Rip my own urine. What a great name. But I do it because it's sterile and I like the taste. <laughs> taste. Uh, Rip Torn. I am totally going to lose games. I have quoted that line more often than I would have thought after watching that movie. Dude, I love Dodgeball. Dodgeball is so funny. <laughs> I was talking about that movie yesterday. It's been a minute since I watched it, and it's from this director. I should have watched it in honor of Skyscraper, since it's the same director, but, um, which is a fun thing to point out to people. Um, is it really? Yeah, Ross and Marshall Thurber, yeah, he directed Dodgeball. Wow, I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, that was his first movie. They should have The Rock in Dodgeball, too. He can be yes. the villain. That's that would be so definitely funny. true. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't say My Left Foot with Daniel Day-Lewis. I mean, that's it's another mm. <laughs> key movie right. as far as wheelchair. We asked his Academy Award performance. Yes, his first one. Yeah, his first his first of three Oscars. Is there, <laughs> yeah. Is there a Jackie Chan movie where he fights while in a wheelchair? I'm sure he uses a wheelchair. Uh, I'm sure he's well, like um, what's it? Rush Hour Two. Let me finish. Rumble in the Rumble, Rumble in the Bronx. Bronx the kid has a wheelchair, and he hide, and, they, and like the one of the guys like hides the diamonds in his wheelchair, and that's a big crux of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the diving bell and the butterfly. Uh, dude's that's dude's it. he's yeah. really paralyzed. I mean, it's hard. It's less than a. It's less of a, yeah. That book is also really. Uh, it's a it's a well done book. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's get to our questions now. You guys asked us a question. We got one from Justin here. He writes, watched Pacific Rim again and noticed even on my 65-inch 4K UHD humble brag, it felt like I know, yeah. it felt like the movie was too big for the screen. Note, not even my wife said it. 
or sorry, note, even my wife said it feels bigger than the TV. What movies have you seen where you felt watching it at home was too big for your TV? Okay, so what movies, like, play better in the theater, I guess, as far as what kind of the size they're communicating to you? Gravity. Gravity's a good one. I, you know, I as much as, like, The Dark Knight is one of my favorite movies, and, like, I love watching The Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises and, like, Interstellar, I haven't watched them many times at home. I own them. I can whenever <laughs> I want to. But, like, I saw Dark Knight a bunch of times in IMAX when it was playing. I rarely watched it at home. Like, it just, it's just not quite the same. Like, so there's, there's movies like that, I guess. Ghost Protocol, even, I haven't watched many times at home. I saw it three times in theaters because it was great in IMAX, but, like, I haven't, like, gone out of my way to watch it very often except every three years when a new Mission Impossible movie opens. Yeah, I, I have a pretty small TV, um, and I think I watched Fury Road, and I was like, this is not the same. It's not the same at That's all. That's a great answer. I, I see what you're saying with that, but Fury Road's so damn good. It's hard I can, I can, I can put that on. It is, it is <laughs> but I, I, just, I felt disappointed by my TV. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you do have, like, a an old, like, 15-inch con... Ca- I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a tube TV. CRT. Yeah, yeah CRT. <laughs> Jose's very poor, guys. He can barely be on the Skype call this long. He has to pay for every minute because we charge him because we like to rub it in. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> any any other thoughts on this before we move on? I think that was it. <laughs> All right, now let's move on, guys. Let's get to um. What what, what time is it? Oh, Aaron, I think it's time for a game here. Little known fact: that's actually the tune that plays when your facial recognition is is accepted by the tablet in the movie. You know how much time they spent, like, talking about the facial recognition and how little of a thing that really factored into the movie? Like, I was really upset when they, she closed the, she got the facial recognition, she closes the lid, and then it's still, like, unlocked. When yeah, I was, I completely, I was, as one that has an iPod, iPad, and was like, how, it's gonna, it can't just idle while you're closing it like that, it doesn't make right. any sense. <laughs> I think there is a, like, half a second shot of something that says facial recognition disabled. Oh, yeah. I oh okay. Yeah. No, they do. They, but I don't blame you guys for missing. They it. they say it eventually. <laughs> they say like a lie is like we've disabled the facial recognition so anyone can use their tech, and then like the guy does the whole thing. Like, but at the same time, they spend a good chunk of movie talking about this fucking tablet. I was like, when is this ever gonna factor in? It really doesn't. Yeah. Like, it doesn't. Matter. It was that and turning things off and on that I was waiting to be crucial. Yeah. And one of the two was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> anyway. All right, I got a game for you guys this week. Yeah. It is called Rock'em Sock'em. Okay. Um, I am going to read you taglines from movies starring The Rock, specifically his action movies, and you have to guess what the movie is. If you think you know the answer, say your name, say your name, and then the answer. Babe? Yeah. Okay. The answer. Okay. Clarifying question. Yes. These all his movies, including ones where he's in an ensemble... Or is it just his films? It's a good question. It is a mix of movies where he is both the lead and the co-star. All right. Okay. okay. Here we go. Here's, a, here's the first one. Big meets bigger. Uh, Abe. Abe. Uh, Rampage. It is Rampage. That's what we were talking about earlier. Big meets bigger. Okay. All right. <laughs> here's the next one. Bulls, guns, whips, gold, and one sacred cat. Oh, Jose. Jose. Is that the rundown? The rundown is the correct answer. Jose's on the board. Yes. I have not I seen it. that movie in full. Really? It's yeah, crazy. I would I, I I would put that on the top of rock movies. Is that is that the yeah, General Williams Cat movie? movie? 
What? Yeah. Sean William Scott, yeah, him Sean and Chris Chris Walken is the villain. Rosario Dawson. Uh, what's his name? Oh, what's his name from um, Ernie Rice Jr. Ernie Rice Jr. From, uh, Kino. Yeah, Kino <laughs> and Surf Ninjas. Ernie it's Rice a great Jr. Fight scene. Yeah, there's a great fight. There's scene. a lot of great yeah. fight scenes. Yeah. The run, okay. the rundown is top. The one where he doesn't like guns. He doesn't like guns. He, yes. Yeah, he gets his guns and then he just destroys. Yeah, because he's really good with them. Spoiler alert. <laughs> no, the rundown is fantastic. It is not nearly seen enough right. by people. Put it on my list. Like of the movies that The Rock should have sequels to, the rundown should have like there should be like five rundowns at this point, and there's not. It's a shame. It lends itself yeah. to movies. He's a bounty hunter. <laughs> like he has a buddy. <laughs> like they just gave everything to audiences, and they said no, thank you. And I don't understand why. This has been rundown yeah, chat. He had like <laughs> um, <laughs> he had like bounty hunter vision, or at least the movie did. Like, yeah, it, it like there was it like spotlight yeah, it was the great. mark and be like wanted for this reason, this this this, and everything. It's good. Oh, Creed style. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yes, Creed. Exactly. Creed. It's a precursor to Creed, Abe. It has everything. <laughs> oh my! God. All right, I'll go check it out. You do a rundown commentary next week instead. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Hashtag rundown rant. Here's the next one. Feel the speed. Feel the rush. That's so generic. <laughs> feel the speed. Feel the, feel the speed. Feel the rush. Um, this is uh, a rock or an ensemble rock movie. Abe. Yeah. Fast Five? Good guess. You're correct. Is that, is that yes, correct? you're correct. Yeah, I was like, I don't know of any other like car moves that he's been in, but that's a bad, bad tagline. Uh, I was going to guess faster. Here's the next one. <laughs> Warrior, legend, king. Jordan. Jordan. Hercules. Incorrect. Really? That's nonsense. Warrior, legend, king. Jordan. Jordan. Scorpion the King. Scorpion King is the correct answer. Oh. <laughs> King, of course. Right. Here's the next one. Saving the world and loving it. Um, loving it. Abe? Abe. Central Intelligence? Incorrect. I thought that one was Big Heart Little Johnson. Yes, exactly. Or no. Your big, oh. big jo- yeah, Big Johnson Little Heart. <laughs> big Johnson <Yeah>. Little Heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to. Th- I'd like to think Kevin Hart would prank The Rock by switching the names. Yeah. <laughs> sequel. Sequel. Yes. Exactly. Right. Say it again. Um, saving the world and loving it. Saving the world. Saving the world and loving it. I'll say this: Abe missed it by this much. What? That's a big hint for people that saw TV shows in the sixties. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Oh, what is the name of that movie? Uh, you can describe it, and then I can steal it. No. I'll say The Rock is, like, probably third build in this movie. Might be fourth, but I'm pretty sure. This is what I thought it was. Pretty sure it's uh, third. Oh, build. Jose. Jose? Is it Get Smart? It is Get Smart. Oh. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't feel as bad, then. Here's the next one. The Ocean is Calling. Oh, Abe. Abe? Moana. Moana is the correct answer. Oh, dang. I forgot he was in this one. First. Here's the next one. You're welcome. This one has two taglines. I'm going to say the first one first. Hell breaks loose. Hmm. Here's the second tagline. No one gets out alive. Jordan. 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 Doom. Doom is the correct answer. Oh. Uh, I put that on the lowest of rock movies. <laughs> yeah. That's that a, a rock movie up. with hair. Yeah, you had hair in that one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. a lot of pre oh. like two thousand seven. No, even Get Smarty. Get Smarty's like super skinny, by the way. He like lost a ton of weight for Get Smarty. I remember this. He like he's he's noticeably skinnier, and he has hair. 
it's really weird to look at now because he's like you know the rock so it's like <laughs> plus the end of his shirt yeah here's the next one the their american dream is bigger than yours jordan jordan pain and gain, pain and gain is the correct oh. answer Nice. Right. I think he just tied up this game. I think it's 3-3-3. Three, three, I feel three. like Jordan's ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Got to pay attention now. Okay. <laughs> Here's the next one. The game has evolved. Abe. Abe? Jumanji. Full title, please. Uh, Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. I mean, you didn't say colon, but I'll still give it to you. You were correct. <laughs> 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 I, right. I could have easily okay. said no. <laughs> I know you could have, and I would not have been uh, upset. Here's the next one. All roads lead to this. Jose. Jose. Fast six. I'll give it to you. Yeah, I was like, is that the title of it? What was it actually? It's Fast and Furious Six is like the official one. So like, like it seemed like they. That was was the one that's the off. It's the one where like because they called it Fast Five. Justin Lin, he knows it as Furious 6, but they also called it Fast 6. Like, it had multiple titles. And, like, even, like... So that's what comes up at the end, doesn't it? It comes up, yeah, it comes up at the end. But even in, like, when the Super Bowl commercial came out, like, I remember, like, the biggest, like, concern I had was, like, now we get to find out the title of the the Fast and Furious movie. And they still didn't say it. They still just kind of, like, it's just still kind of, like, established that it was a Fast and Furious movie without kind of officially establishing what the title was. Since these titles have been so, like, weird for this whole franchise. Here's was the next... Wasn't the out now name for it like Fast and Furious or something like that? <laughs> it was. Yeah. Two more. Nobody, nobody, nobody kept under it though. Two more. <laughs> All right, let's go. Before he was a legend, he was a man. Jose. Jose. Damn. This time it's Hercules. It is Hercules. Yes. Ah. This is gonna be a close <laughs> game, but I got tiebreakers. Here's the last one. Okay. Slow justice is no justice. Jose. Jose. Faster. It is faster. It's, it's yeah. my favorite tagline here. Well, besides Big Beep Theater, because that's just brilliant. But um, yeah. Yeah. slow justice <laughs> is no justice, guys. This is a this is a close race here. It is. Um, it looks like. Well, let's see here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's all tied. Let me look at this. Hold on. Really? <laughs> no, I think Jose's got one more than everybody. Let me, hold on, let me count this. One, two, yes. three, four, five. Abe, you have one, two, have like three, four. four. Three? Jordan, no, oh. you have four. Jordan has one, two, three. Okay. So, yeah, Jordan, you came last place this time around, although you started. Uh, Abe, you, you, you came in second place, but Jose is our winner this week. Congratulations. Yes. That was a, that was a close race. It was. I mean, I cannot lose a the rock game on the rock episode that's (laughs) harmful to my brand that's we can't have that true well here's the bonus questions just because i'm curious if you guys can figure this out one of the rock's biggest films at the domestic box office five biggest films in order oh are we doing this collaboratively Yeah, collaboratively yeah uh i want to say yeah it's got to be like fat fate of fate of the furious fate of the furious is number five what Furious furious seven is number two Oh, right. Paul Walker. All right. Jumanji. Jumanji's number one. What? Yeah, remember, Jumanji made a ton of money. (laughs) I didn't realize that money went bonkers. It made a ton of money. It's Sony's, like, biggest movie ever, like, domestically. Or both, I believe. (laughs) Okay. And then I want to say The Tooth Fairy is third? No. (laughs) This should be pretty... Um, I mean, there's two that should... There's one that should be obvious. If you got Furious 7 and you got Fate of the Furious... Fast, fast five. Fast five. It's not fast five. 
Fast and Furious oh, 6. Fast and Furious Those 6. Fast 6. Fast they only 6. got bigger, guys. They only went up. It's crazy. Wow. <laughs> the 6 Universal's movie made more than the first six, 5 movies. That doesn't make any yeah, sense. No, those <laughs> movies just, like, churn. Yeah, they literally, like, print money. There's still one more. Number 3. Oh, that wasn't number 3? No, that was number 4. Moana. Moana is number three. Moana. Moana is number three? Yeah. And just for funsies, uh, worldwide, uh, it's Furious 7, 1.5 billion. Uh, yeah. The Fate of the Furious, 1.2 billion. Uh, yeah. Jumanji, nine, 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 <laughs> 960 million. Uh, Fast and Furious 6, 788 million. And Moana was 643 million. These uh, oh, wow. ensemble rock movies do really well. San Andreas, 474. By himself, not, not bad. bad. Not bad. Yeah, not, not bad. bad. Rampage four twenty five, also not bad. <laughs> like he's, yeah. his movies do, you know. Skyscraper twenty five million. Worldwide, I won't be surprised if it <laughs> hits like a it, like hundred and something. Right it'll, now. it'll probably it, hit maybe like sixty. It's sixty five right now, but you know that money that'll get it to like at least three hundred, like on the global Think? level. On the global level, sure. Three hundred. Three hundred, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, plus, it's got a big uh, Asian poll. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just oh, like yeah. the Meg. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Meg's even, the Meg's even more blatant about it. So. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's One tagline on. you forgot: the other guys, where he is in there until he dies. For the bushes. That was that was the one. So yeah. I I was so when I made this when I made this game, which is called Rock'em Sock'em, um, I was initially doing quotes, but then I realized these quotes, not, some of these aren't like memorable enough for you to get these without me having to like really coax you along. So I don't have taglines. But Aim for the Bushes was the exact first thing I wrote down. <laughs> like it's such a it's such a good line. It's such a good line, and it's such that's like. That's one of the funniest things I've seen. Like yeah. that's not even hyperbolic. I'm being very serious. That sequence is one of the funniest things I saw in theaters like in the past ten years. Him and Sam no, Jackson absolutely. just being like April the Bushes, song, and, the song the, yeah, heroes playing, song. heroes playing on the thing, and, and I'm just watching this like, wait, what's the plan? And they just die. Like it's just the most realistic jump in a movie though. Oh my god, it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just the the cockiness that leads to that is just hilarious. Oh god! All right, that was Rock'em Sock'em. Let's move on now. Let's let's start wrapping things up here with a little out now. Presents was out now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week. Speaking of the Rock and movies, Rampage is out this week. Eh. So you guys recommend, or at least uh, Abe does? Or no, sorry, not Abe. Uh, no, no, me and uh, me and friend of the show Terrence Johnson, we recommend it because it's a fun yeah. movie. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a riot in this movie. He's having a blast. He is. And, Underused, but he's a riot. And I mean, it's perfect. It's perfect for holding laundry too. That's for sure. Oh, that's that's my metric. Yeah. Um, also out, Super Troopers Two. I did not see this. Did anyone see Super I didn't Troopers see Two? It, but uh, I I enjoyed the first one. I heard that the second one wasn't terrible. I did not. It, it made money for being a movie that got kickstarted and was successful. Good on them for doing what they needed oh. to. I mean, but yeah, I didn't see it. Um, so yeah, and I like Super Troopers. I'm not the biggest fan, but I, I it's fun. So, um, Isle of Dogs. I'm a big fan of. Yeah, go see it. I uh, I just read the Blu-ray on WiseTheBlue.com. Um, it has a few features, but it will probably inevitably be released by the Criterion Collection. So you know, take it that as you will. But it's still, I'm a fan. Um, I feel pretty. This is the Amory Schumer movie. Uh, pass. Truth or Dare. This is the Bloomhouse movie. That's not Get Out. Pass. <laughs> Um, Disobedience. This is one with Rachel Vise and Rachel McAdams. Uh, I can't remember what I heard about it, so I'm going to say On the Fence. <laughs> uh, you Were Never Really Here. This is the Joaquin Phoenix movie with uh, Lynn Ramsey as director. I was a big it's fan of It's weird, one. but I'd recommend you see it. One of my favorites of the year so far. I think it's really good. Uh, Traffic. 
not the Steven Soderbergh film, but the film that came out for like a week in theaters. It has Paula Patton and others. <laughs> I'm going to pass. It's like, oh, God, what was this movie? It's like I think I know it's what like, you're talking about. It's yeah. about like human trafficking or something like that, right? Omar Epps. I was like, yeah, that's. I was like, there's some other guy, some guy in here. He's from a TV show that I know. Yeah, yeah. it's like traffic with a K. Yeah, with a K. Yeah, regardless. Um, the Expanse season three. I don't watch the show, but there you go. It's out this week. Okay. Uh, the Quick and the Dead on a 4K Blu-ray release this week. Um, Sam Sam Raimi's Western. Not my favorite Sam Raimi film, but it's certainly a film very much Sam Raimi. Uh, if you know his style, and he did it in a Western uh, back in the day. Okay. Great cast in this movie, though. Gene Hackman, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Russell Crowe, Sharon Stone, uh, Keith... Uh, what's his name? Um, Keith Olbermann? Yeah, Keith Olbermann. He's great in it. <laughs> he's killing it. He's reading all the news. Um, <laughs> no, Keith David. Um, oh, Keith David. Yeah, the yeah, voice. Yeah, among others. Like, it's a... You know, there's a lot of... It's a very 90s Western, but it's very Sam Raimi, too, so it's certainly... Okay. I, it's the most I've ever been excited about watching Quick and the Dead again because it's not again it's not my favorite Sam Raimi movie but it's like well it probably looks better than ever and I do like that cast so you know and lastly uh, Sex Lies of Videotape Steven Soderbergh's debut film which is on Criterion this week it's got a brand new Criterion release so sounds good there you go uh, that's out now that's what's out now let's move on to Extremely Cool these are things that are now streaming on Netflix and Prime as I mentioned on Prime Lean on Pete that's now on Prime it's very good we'll check it out Oh, so I watched this too. I wanted to mention this out because it's in this part and it's not very good. Um, How It Ends. Um, this is a film with uh, Forrest Whitaker and Theo James. You know, Theo James, that guy we always Theo talk James, about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've heard of him. He's in those Divergent movies. Regardless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's like, I, it's a bet. So it's called How It Ends. And I watched this because, well, one, it has Forrest Whitaker. So I'm like, well, why not? And also it's from the director of a movie called A Single Shot, which was like, it was a Sam Rockwell movie that I really liked. It's like Fargo without humor. Right. Um, yeah. so, I, so I was like, oh, I'll see what this movie's all about. And so it's like it's like an apocalyptic drama where it's like the beginning of the apocalypse where everything's just starting to like go offline, like power starting to go out and everything. And like Forrest Whitaker and Theo James have to like travel across country so they can get to Forrest Whitaker's daughter slash Theo James's fiance. And the premise is solid. The actors do their job, but the movie just is just kind of dull. It's just kind of like, eh. All right. Is this, is this a Netflix produced movie? It's a Netflix distributed movie. I'm not distributed. sure. Distributed. Okay. I'm not sure if it's. I don't. I, I don't know if it's like they saw the script or like we got to make this. But sure. I mean, right, I, right, it's, right. Coming it's, out, it's, it's coming out. It's it's coming out through them. Netflix. Yeah, it's direct to Netflix. Okay. And so it's like, yeah, it's 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 whatever. But I mean, I like Forrest Whitaker, so it's like that got that got me in. Yeah. For a movie, you know, it, it it's a it's a it's a laundry movie. <laughs> the cadence <laughs> of, the cadence of Jose. It's a laundry movie. Um, also on Netflix this week, uh, Jim Jeffries. Cole and This Is Me Now, his new uh, stand-up special, and uh, Gone Baby Gone is back on Netflix, which is just a great oh, movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you like Ben Affleck's more popular movies, watch his best movie, Gone Baby Gone. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, Alright, next week's show. Next week... Um, We're going to have a special next week. Yeah, as much as I'd like to equalize... And believe me, guys, I want to equalize. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll get, we'll talk about it maybe a little bit. Yeah, I'm not but... looking. As people know, I'm not a fan of the Equalizer. And Abe, you haven't even seen the Equalizer, so no. I, I was actually going to watch Equalizer two without just cold, and I was like, this is an okay movie, I'm sure. <laughs> and um, you know, I didn't really want to go again with Mamma Mia. Um, so Abe and I figured let's yeah. let's do a let's do a different show. So we're going to do a special Bay Area episode. We're going to talk about Blind Spotting and Sorry to Bother You. Going to have a double episode focused on those two movies that are both set in Oakland. Uh, maybe even uh, some thoughts on other movies that have recently taken place in the Bay Area, because there's been quite a few this year. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's going to be planned next week. We're going to do a double episode for that. 
Uh, we'll see who we can get on for that show because I know Blind Spotting opens in limited release next week. Um, so I have a feeling I know who I can exactly who I can get for that show, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, for now, let's do the last thing we do here, which is what should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? Let's start with Jordan. What should people go and see in theaters right now? That's a tough one. I'll say sorry to bother you just because I like when original movies like that make a lot of money. Uh, and I really like, I think I pronounced his name wrong, but Lakeith Stanfield. He just, Keith Stanfield? Here's, Keith the, here's Stanfield. the key. His name is Keith, and you just add a la at the beginning. So, Lakeith. Oh, so it's like LeBron, Lakeith. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. yeah. Lakeith Stanfield. I really like him. I think he's my favorite part of Atlanta. So, to see him get like a pretty big movie to start would be really cool. For sure. Uh, what I'll see next. Uh, girlfriend wants to go see Mamma Mia. I actually really like ABBA's music, so probably go see it. Uh, but I'm super pumped for Mission Impossible, and I actually got an advanced screening through Alamo uh, Filmhouse, so I'm pretty excited for that. Mission Impossible series is like one of my favorite, if not outright favorite series. All right. I like it. Cool. I'll point out that, sorry to bother you, did hit seventh place this week with $4 million at the box office, which is for that, pretty good. For that size movie. It got a wider release this week. Good job. Good on them. Yeah. I mean, uh, still feel like it was a pretty limited wide release. Too, yeah, oh, yeah. I think not, it was yeah. only at a couple of theaters here. Yeah, it's um, it's under a thousand still, but it's it's an Annapurna yeah. production. They don't tend to go super wide, except for Detroit last year, which backfired, which is unfortunate because I thought Detroit was excellent. But still, uh, good on them for spreading this movie, which is certainly it's certainly much stranger than everything else that's out in theaters right now. So they did their job. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Jose, what do people see in theaters right now? Yeah, I think I uh, agree with Jordan, but also if Hereditary is still around and you hadn't seen it, because I know I definitely lagged on going out to see it. Um, I think it's just a very, it'll stay with you is what, <laughs> what I'll say about that, that movie. Um, and what I'm seeing next, um, I think I'm seeing everything that Jordan's seeing, but I'm actually curious to go watch, um, Uncle Drew because I've heard decent reactions to it. And, uh, it seems like I would have some fun watching hmm. that movie. So I'm kind of curious to check it out. Cool. And I figured Abe might've watched it because, you know, I, I haven't know, seen you, it yet. Uh, it's in my dark horses. Yeah, yeah. He has this sports but... podcast he doesn't like to talk about and yet he hasn't seen Uncle Drew. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. I've we'll, heard surprisingly we'll... pleasant things about it, so I was like, "Oh, this sounds like a a good thing to see, like in the middle of the week, you know." Hey. Catch up on all the uh, Incredibles too if you haven't seen it, Ant Man if you haven't seen it, and also if you want to see something smaller. Sorry to bother you. Next is uh, definitely Blind Spotting, and I definitely want to catch Eighth Grade. I hope that it expands um, up here next week, this following, this coming week. Yeah, uh, Ant Man and Eighth Grade are certainly ones I recommend. Sorry to bother you as well. I'll see. I'll stick my head out for uh, Leave No Trace once again as well. Very good movie. Uh, Leave No Trace, really good. And uh, won't you be my neighbor if you want to, you know, remember kindness in the world? And what you people see, or what am I seeing next? Um, I'll probably see Equalizer two, but uh, Black Klansman is what I'm seeing this week, and I'm very excited oh, nice. about that. Cool. I'm very much looking forward to that movie. Um, I wrote too many K's in writing down Black Klansman, <laughs> so I just realized <laughs> I, I misspelled it. Um, all right. So with that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now There and Name. You can find more of my work. My personal blog, thecodezeek.com. All my stuff can be found there. You can also find me writing on Preacher uh, Weekly over at weeklyofentertainment.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? I'm on Instagram at abemore.jpg. Twitter.com slash Moose. Hashtag rock solid. Uh, and uh, sub640, the podcast. Jose Cordova, where can people find more of your work? Uh, you can find me periodically over at theyoungfolks.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Jose Cordova. That's just my name. Uh, right now, it'll mainly be me lamenting that the World Cup is now over because um, I thought it was a great tournament. Go yeah. watch some of the goals. There's There were some fantastic goals. 
Jordan Rath, where can people find more of your work? Uh, yeah, you can find any of my work uh, on rathsreviews.com or search Rath's Reviews on Facebook, and it'll take you to the same place. Very Great. cool. Uh, you can find all the other episodes about Now with Aaron and Abe over on iTunes as well as on Audioboom. Listen to us over at ADHWLED, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, or Podomatic. Uh, feel free to email us any thoughts you might have had on Skyscrape or anything else we just talked about uh, today over at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Or shoot us some feedback over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or tweet us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And uh, lastly, send us plenty of gifts of The Rock doing things that are insurmountable for anybody else except for him over at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. <laughs> Send us all those gifts, as well as clowns. Send us plenty of scary clown gifts for eight. Um, we hate those clowns. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Jordan, Jose, thank you both for joining us today. Thank you both. Yeah, thanks for having us. It was a blast. Always fun. For sure. Uh, good to have you guys on. Good to do the show. Thank you for the listeners for listening. Uh, always fun to come back and talk about movies. So let's do it again next week. So until then, until next time, so long. And goodbye. We'll, just, we'll recruit Jay from the Lambcast. He does games all the time. So. And he sounds British, so he gives us like an air of authority. Yeah, he sounds British. That's that's how <laughs> yeah, it works. He sounds British. I got that right when I said it. I was like, he, he is British. It's not that he isn't. He sounds British. Close enough. Also joining us from... Fuck, I did not ask you this. Jose, do you, do you still do the Young Folks? Yeah, I'm occasionally there. Okay. <laughs> I'm editing. I got that. Yeah. I'll, I'll cut that right out no, there. <laughs> That's a fun blooper. That's what that is. <laughs> All right. Usually they have a blank space. That's how I remind myself. And I just wrote the young folks and forgot to ask you. All right. This is where I play some of the trailer for Skyscraper. Dramatic music plays. Dun, dun, dun. And then, like, you hear the click of, like, uh, his leg attached. And then flashback. FBI, put your hands up! Explosion! And then heart rate minor. Beep, beep. Nev Campbell says, you're going to be okay. And then flashback to today. Oh, the, the Pearl is the largest star in the world. Da, 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 da. I don't know what's going on now. <laughs> That's phenomenal. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I happens. am glued to my know. seat. <laughs>